to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 279 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with Colin McKay. And, and Stu McFall. Hey, Merry Christmas. New Year, my friend, now we're, we're past Christmas. Christmas yeah, come on. Yeah, but this is the listeners. Christmas now, so not. You done the Christmas one last week? Did I? Yeah, that you was did. before Christmas, but so yeah. this is a this is a post Christmas memory now. We're, we're, we will be on Christmas now. Christmas is now past. <laughs> we're preparing you, for 2023 Christmas now. Fucking event, Nazi! You, how dare you? I know, I know. I'm not an official, <laughs> but I, I pulled all my Christmas decorations down on Boxing Day. I was feeling so uncristmassy. Yes. Like, it's That's completely devoid of Christmas spirit now. Oh man, you people are like Ebenezer Scrooge on fucking steroids. Oh, it just uh, takes up too much room in the house, and then what's the point of being up? I know, but it's second, it's second of January, because you have people over for New Year, and you'd be like, no. man, look at my, my, my decor. I've got a plague house, no one's going to visit me. There's, there's no way someone's coming here right now. No, okay. Yeah, so uh, everything's down. House is back to normal. Feel content, feel happy. Just a dog destroying it now, so everything's good. Did you have a nice Christmas? Did you have a nice Christmas, old Colin, at least? I did have I had a very nice Christmas. I did have lots of food and alcohol and toys and stuff to do, so it was, it was good. Yeah. McFall, did you have a nice Christmas as well? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, but it is over now, so yeah. it's done. It was it's great, fun. but it's done. Boxing Day, it's done. Yeah, we're now looking towards a new year. We're now looking to see what, what hell 2023 has in store for us. That's what now we're now focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, well, we'll see what 2023's got lined up for us all now. I mean, we didn't think 2022 could be bad as 2021, it turns out. It, it took a fair <laughs> swing at it, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, I think possibly worse. Maybe. It, did, it did try its goddamnness. You know, it's a yeah. nice wee end with that misogynist prick getting put in jail. Well, on that, it's been pretty poor. Who got put in jail? Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, yeah. He's a, he tweeted something to Greta Thunberg about him having hundreds of cars. She sent a tweet that sort of like to sort of put him down, and he sent a tweet back that basically revealed his location to the Romanian police, who have now arrested him and put him in jail for rape and um, sex trafficking. Oh, cool. Right. Is, I didn't know about any of this. Um... Yeah. I didn't know who Andrew Tate was until about 40 hours ago, and now I feel I know too much about who Andrew Tate is, and I'm really unhappy that I know who he is. I agree with all of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'll need to look at the newspapers and see yeah. what I can what I can find for this one. Don't delve too deep into who he actually is, because I feel that's that'll make you feel bad about life. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll just I'll skim over a bit. Yeah, skim I, over I, it. Yeah, I, I didn't know this at all. So. But great, I done good. That's the main point of the story. Cool. What, what are you drinking tonight, Colin? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I actually don't know. It's a Lithuanian Portress um, by Wolfus Engelman. Um, tastes yeah, okay. It's an awfully big bowl. I mean, I've got quite big hands, and that's you're a very wee person, that's why. Right. Yeah, but I've got big hands, though. <coughs> True. Yeah, this is a nice hobbit situation. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a hobbit situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, small man, some bits bigger than others, but not a bit you want to be. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Uh, is it nice uh, over here? It's actually all right. It is. I thought it was going to be a porter because the name is Portlerus. That would but, make sense, yes. But it's not. Um, so it is, it's quite quite tasty. Um, yeah. What percentage it is? Is it, is it strong? 6.4. Oof. So, Oof. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I can, I How many can. you got of them? Just one? Just, just, just one. Just, just one. I'm sure. you, want approving, you want your approving stuff after that? I can go into my approving stuff next year. Yes, I have uh, Electric Boogaloo. Which Ooh. sounds very fancy, doesn't it? It does. Tiny Rebel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I've heard that name before as well. Yeah, yeah. we've had a few yeah. Tiny Rebel. That was when we got the Stay Puff Marshmallow one, remember? When we were in um, 
yeah. Raven and also done that Jammy Dodger one, I think, at one point. Yeah. Like, like, specializing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Too much nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's oh, very, very 70s disco sounding now. I do yes. feel like I should put on some leg warmers and kick about disco a wee bit. Stew. Disco stew, yeah. <laughs> I like Terry. Terry was good stuff. I don't know. I think they're based down like Hertfordshire or something, aren't they? From what I remember. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't yeah. know. I think they're based yeah. there. but they are nice. See, I've had it a few times up in the Raven. They see we always have the stuff on on tap. What are you drinking? Mr. I'm boring. I've got brew dog. It's only beer I have in the house, so I'm drinking brew dog. You still not on that boycott? No, I like brew dog. So no, you don't. Yes. 2022. That's what we talk about today. 2022 in cinema and movies in general, because it's not always in the, in the cinema these days. It's all very much a cinema streaming mm. world we live in now. Um, is cinema back this year? What do you think? I don't. It's back more than it was the year before, but it is not. Nah, it's definitely not the same. No. It's not got that. The crowds aren't there, and even the big films aren't drawing them in properly. It, it still feels strangely kind of muted and eerie and weird when you're in the cinema just now. Um, I've not been in a busy right. cinema for like three years now here. Like, that yeah. properly busy cinema. I think Spider-Man was the busiest I'd been, and even that was like half-packed. Yeah, so, but yeah. before that had been absolutely rammed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely weird times even now the cinema. Um, but as you were kind of saying all the stuff on streaming, I think streaming's becoming the new cinema, and eventually cinema's going to become a novelty rather than you know you go to see the big movie. It's going to become very occasional that people go to the cinema, and more and more stuff's just going to straight on to streaming. Yeah, I think, and I think that's where it's going to be right now. It's going to, it will be like the 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 release schedule is so narrow now. It's like I mean, mm. stuff that we we watched something recently. We'll talk about next week that was literally in the cinema. What start of November? It's still out in the cinema just now. It's still, is it seriously? Yeah. Yeah, it's still pulling pulling in quite a few screens a day as well. Yeah. Aye, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. the, you live in a more kind of bubbly area? Sure, like in, in Manx, is it sort of is cinemas busier there because it's like sort of limited, more limited screens essentially? They're busier for the big hitters for about four or five days. Yeah. Um, and then after that, there's nothing. And we, and I guess there's that knock-on effect where. We used to get the occasional indie film, like occasional one. Um, we don't get, we don't really get that now at all. Yeah. It's just big hitters, and they just, they. We've only got two cinemas. Um, we've got three screens in total across those two cinemas, and quite often the the same cinema and three screens are playing the same film. Well, now it'll be like they'll play that film for like rather than play it for a week, and they'll yeah. play it for like a month essentially, just till the yeah. next big hit comes out essentially. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it's similar for you guys, but there's definitely um, a, a real uh, weaving back to nostalgia. So during Christmas, you'll get Christmas films that go on, and during Halloween, you'll because they know that's guaranteed punters. Like, but it's it's oversaturation. I think it's yeah. nice to do stuff like Elf and stuff like that. But just I think at one point last week there was like three or four. There was like, no, there was Elf, Die Hard, Wonderful Life, there was White Christmas, Batman Returns. Batman Returns, there was a bunch yeah. of, like, at least like half a dozen Christmas films were shooting like really? at the cinema, which is taking up screens, obviously. Yeah. But then there's nothing else out to put out, that's the thing. No. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and they're showing Avatar, that was it, essentially. I think mm. that's still a fallback from COVID, though, isn't yeah. it? They know yeah. cinema's not recovered yet, so they're not going to have yeah. any safe in you know, recovering money from these massive movies. And yeah, well, that's what I'm going to get to in a minute about, about this, because the worldwide top 10 will probably speak to itself um, as to why the box office is like what it is. So 
before we get into our top 10, I'll give you, I'll give you the very quick rundown of the worldwide top 10. The worldwide? Right? Does this so, include China and shit like that? This, this does include China because China, China is part of the world, Colin. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is as of the 27th of 12th, 2022. So three days ago, that's when I, I checked it. I couldn't be updating it today. So the number 10 film is a Chinese film called Moon Man, which made 460 million, of which 469,999 pounds and 99 pence was in... China. Yeah. Uh, but <coughs> probably gonna film me and you were waiting to see Kong um back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did Chinese, yeah. I'd have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's based on a web series, so four hundred and sixty million, that's number ten for the series, uh, for the for the year. Uh, number nine is another Chinese film called Watergate Bridge, which is a sequel to the Battle of Lake Shangyan. So is, I've heard I've read reviews on this. Apparently it's like pretty much an American Chinese oh, yeah. cinema. Yeah, yeah, it's basically yeah, Chinese. I think it's like almost like Red Dawn, but the Americans invade China. It's like the Chinese rebels <laughs> trying to chase about the country. This is a sequel to that film. Um, it made $626 million um, dollars at the, at the box office. Again, all of that pretty much China, I'm guessing. Mm. Um, number eight is the first sort of Western film, and that's Thor, Love and Thunder. It made $760 million overall, which I guess is a success by Marvel standards still. But it's know? really weird hearing that in a sentence, like a Marvel film being so far down, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's usually the much higher. Yeah. Top five. Yeah. yeah. Um, number seven is The Batman, um, which made seven hundred and seventy million dollars. Surprised. Uh, yeah. Sequel on its way for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number six is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which made eight hundred and one million, which is a sizable amount, but well down on what the the first one. Yeah. Went. Yeah. Yeah, and miles away from like kind of end game and stuff like that as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, number five is Avatar: The Way of Water. At this point in time, it's at eight hundred eighty-nine million after been out for what ten days, twelve oh, days. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it will probably cross a billion mark eventually. This this the time the, the I think so. Finished, yeah. That's what it is at the end of, as of a few days ago. Uh, number four um, is Minions: The Rise of Gru, which made nine hundred thirty-nine million. Everyone loves the Minions. Though. Everyone does Everyone. love the Minions. Yeah. 939 million they love the Minions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, that's like the sixth film or something in that series that's making 939 million. Although I did go and see it twice as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, first I went for me and then I had to take the kid yeah, to see it as well. So I've got an excuse, but yeah, so um, there's probably some of my money's inflated there. Your money in there, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I've not seen Avatar yet, so a bit of my money in Avatar, so um, eventually. Yeah. Um, number three is the highest Marvel film, and that's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is $955 million. That is surprising. I thought that is Wakanda would have, mm. have done more business than that. Possibly even Fall, Love and Thunder as well. I agree. Uh, that's yeah. strange. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the, the reason behind it. I mean, you had Raimi directing, but I don't think that makes is, is a big bump. Yeah. Maybe the, the word of mouth about like other characters been in it possibly maybe possibly, possibly yeah possibly yeah uh-huh. um and was that the one that was falling straight on from Spider Man because like Doctor yes. Strange was in Spider Man so maybe that had a bit of yeah a on it. people were kind of riding high on the success of Spider Man went to see yeah. that maybe yeah yeah but I'm, I'm genuinely yep. surprised by that one yeah. yep number two is what the first one across the billion dollar mark at this point in time and that is Jurassic World Dominion God was that this year that was this year yeah. That's utterly forgettable, that film. <laughs> that film does feel like a patch right off, doesn't it, a little bit? I mean, I loved it because I'm a Jurassic Park pound. I enjoyed it, but I, I, I just forgot it even existed. I mean, even yeah. when I was looking through what I'd seen, I'd, 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 it's you know, an airplane oh. movie. It is an airplane <laughs> movie, yeah. It's fine, but yeah. There's some nice scenes in it, but not a lot of yeah. originality yeah, in it. Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. 
And number <coughs> number one with a, a bullet is Top Gun Maverick with a 1.48 billion um, as the top movie in cinemas this year worldwide. Um, probably the biggest hit for the last few years. Um, yeah. Just Tom Cruise, I know. But what we'd say is, what, the big thing about looking at that is, in the top ten, there's not a single original idea. Oh, yeah, because this is not fucking... When was the last time you've seen anything truly original? It's just not well, allowed, think, yeah. The weird thing is, our lists are a lot more original. Don't well, there's plenty original, it's just being original and being accepted by the masses, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a damn shame. Yeah, yeah. if you want to... The, the highest original film, depending on how you look at it, is at number 15 this year. That's Elvis at 286 million. Or if you want actually a completely original idea, it'd be Smile, which is at, number, at 20 with 216 million, but it was still based on a short film. Yeah. yeah. You want to go for purely original, not based on a biopic, not based on a short film, not based on anything. It's number 23, The Lost City, which made 190 million. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Which is pretty low down. It's just as much because you look at the box office from like the nineties and stuff like that. It's like comedy were riding high then, you know. And like mm, yeah. it's all original ideas. Now it's like there's not a single thing you go like it's not piggybacking on like an existing franchise. Yeah, everything, even TV shows, but as well. I mean, it's everything's just a copy of the previous thing, or you know that. Um, it's also caution because of the nature of cinema as a whole now, and yes. to, that there's no, they can't make the daring choices that they used to because of the sheer cost of making movies. Yeah, I'm not going to get it back. You're not they can't make back. a fifty million dollar movie now. That's a problem because a fifty mm-hmm. million dollar movie makes fifty million dollars back, whereas you spend two hundred fifty million, you'll probably get a billion back. Yeah, it's yeah. just pure on size and scope and scale. So that's part of the problem as well. They need to be justified what they're spending. Yeah, uh, Jason Blum seems to be the exception to that. He seems to be able to making, still kind of balance. He's common though. He's right a common. He's making five million dollar movies and making you know a hundred million off yeah. from that. And then is, yeah. you remember the hits. He, he does a lot of films that just disappear into nothingness because they're not very good. But the ones yeah. that the, the, the ones that hit basically cover that up because yeah. forget about the ones that are. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that you got about half a dozen on Amazon Prime that no one's watching. Really, yeah, they don't care about. It, but yeah, but yeah. he's probably still making money just now from let's like, sinister him, and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Even money now, off the, the project will make him money forever more. Yeah. Things yeah. Like that. And, yeah. You know, I'm sure he had money in um, the Damien Chazelle ones, uh, like you know, um, La La Land and stuff. I'm sure he was a producer on that as yeah, well. Yeah, web Whiplash and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. He might even be a producer on. He's not producer on um, Get Out as well, so yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. See, when you when you look at his his kind of list on MDB as a producer, it's insane. <laughs> so he's making money else, you know. And, and if, he has, if he has ten failures but one hit, the one hit will be so massive that it, it overloads yeah. the failures. He's an outlier though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's definitely the one who, who kind of bucks the trend. Yeah, yeah for sure. For he's the sure. only guy releasing horror to like a mass audience as well. He's not putting it into like sort of four screens and then letting it build. He's dropping, you know, on three hundred screens to try and get his maximum eyes on it. He's he makes horror an event, which it's mm. used to be. Now it's, it's it's more, you know, like I said, it's like it's um like small screen releases yeah. and building build up an audience. Um, yeah, so that that that's a worldwide top ten. Um, there's not that many actually that feature in our top tens. One. Strangely, no. See, when you, you're kind of recalling there, there's a lot of big movies that usually would be on the top ten, but we'll go into why later, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I've not, the only one I've not seen is Avatar The Way of War, or, and the two Chinese ones, sorry, and I would be honest, the other, like Thor and the Batman and Black Panther and Minions and Doctor Strange, 
in Jurassic World and Top Gun, they're all a bit kind of just blah to me. Yeah. Never, you know, they were, didn't really move me in any real way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it didn't. Yeah. You know, it's spectacle over emotion, I would say. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Anyway, so, <coughs> we'll do one to our top 10s. Um, okay. Drum roll. You may be your number 10. Um, I've got a list that I texted to you yes. that says where my number 10 is. Yeah. Okay, so my number 10 was, um, it's not a cinema release, this was... Disney Plus? Ne- Dis- no, I may have been Disney Plus actually Disney star. Plus, yeah. uh, film called Fresh. Yes, good horror yes. film. With, um, a horror film that starred um, everyone's favourite Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan. And the girl from Normal People. Yeah, and the girl is uh, Crawdad's girl as well, isn't it? Yeah, Daisy, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were at, yeah. yeah, and it was just original, something a bit fresh. Pardon I did, yeah, I remember both really enjoying it. If you yeah. know, it's, stupid, it's a really well done horror film. Like it, it oh. twists and turns, and it sort of it generally is keeps you guessing, and it's yep. a bit of a throwback to sort of like maybe eighties horror in, in, in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, I think nice. so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the 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 main thing is is I think it shows how good the leading man Sebastian Stan is can be. Yeah, he's he's definitely got that that charisma that that you know he can run a movie himself and obviously it's more a two-hander i think she's very good she's very good as well yeah because yeah. um i didn't really like crawdads i was a bit underwhelmed by crawdads after really yeah. loving the book yeah. but one thing i did like about it was i thought her portrayal of the girl in it was was very good i thought she seemed to really hone down on yeah on the character there i've not seen normal people i've read the book normal people i've not seen the, the film uh, the, the the show uh, daisy edgar jones that's her name that's her. That's yeah, yeah. she's a, she's she's going to be a big thing oh, yeah. she'll give her yeah. 10 years and she'll be walking away with all sorts of oscars does she have that kind of florence puniss about her when she will yes. sort of break through in a big way and she seems yeah. to make really wise choices over what she's doing yeah and um, i think she's unlucky with crawdads and the fact that it was made almost like a tv movie Mm-hmm. Very much so, yeah. Very like Luster, yeah. Yeah, it felt TV movies a point, but it felt like it should have been bigger than that, I would say. Um, yeah. But she's a good actress, and I thought she was very good in that film, in the, the Fresh film as well. Yeah. I'll check that out, guys. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. Very good watch. Was, did it make your list fresh? Out of curiosity? No, it did not. It came close. It's on my, like, sort of, like, my short list. Mm-hmm. It's just, just thing, me. Yeah, things that. Okay. Yes, you, know, you had it on the list, yes. Okay. Uh, she's playing Carol King, actually, in the movie coming out. Is she? Yeah. Okay. I see that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's talented. She could play pretty much yeah. anyone you'd buy. It, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was um, the girl from Supergirl played her on stage recently. Um, uh, Melissa Benoist, the one from the yeah, Supergirl, the Kevin Smith Supergirl. Yeah, yeah she yeah. played her on stage. So, do you remember your number ten? Uh, yes, my number ten was <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes, I oh, like Nicholas, I've not this seen this yet. It's now on. It's on Prime. I want to say yeah, or something, Prime, so yeah. I can watch it eventually. But I'm desperate to see this. So yeah, sell it to me in a big way. It's you know what? <laughs> Is this the tenth best film released this year? Absolutely not. No. But was it my favourite experience in a cinema? Absolutely. So uh, I watched this film with a couple of friends um, during the Manx TT. And we had a few beers in the day and then we went to the cinema and it was just, you know, it was it would be a perfect film to watch on a Friday night and just chilling, having a few beers. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. Cage, as always, just commits fully. And there's so many great little Easter eggs for for all Cage fans. It, it The first hour is the, the pure joy, really. Yeah. And it loses its way. But um, 
there is a genuine bit of bromance going on between him and um, Pedro Pascal that it's actually quite sincere. I and think quite that's hot, what but, makes the film. I think that's what yeah. genuinely makes the film because Pedro Pascal plays it completely straight. He plays it as an almost romantic comedy. Yeah. And if he wasn't, if, if they didn't both commit to the joke or, the, or commit to the role, that yeah. would have felt flat. I would have felt more like they're taking the piss out of Cage as opposed to yeah. this seems genuinely like a lot of love for Cage. Yes. I think that's the vibe that definitely went for. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's not exploitative. It's just it's it's brimming with um, just with a knowing wink, but also just genuine heartfelt nature to it as well. But just yeah. And so, yeah, so many fun moments. It's well worth a watch, man. Very good Friday night film. I will definitely check it out. A good no, Christmas, right, no, good right, right, film called. If you're sitting at home watching, waiting for something to watch on Christmas Eve, it would be definitely worth better watching that than watching a rerun of Still Game. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a plan. Interesting, you know, see the scene in that when it's David Gordon Green, the director, like doing the sort of, yeah. you know who that was supposed to be? No. It's supposed to be Tarantino. Was it? It was written for Tarantino, and I don't know why he said no, because Tarantino never says no to anything, so it felt <laughs> odd that he would say no to, like, being in a film like that. Oh, yeah. that's a shame. Yeah, so no. it, was written, it was written for QT. Did not know that. Yeah. Uh, my number 10, we'll probably talk a bit more about later on, but it's everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, we'll talk about it later on, because it's sort of high up on our people's list, but... It's on all the list, but to me, it just snuck in at number 10. Just based on the other things I liked this year, that was all. So, nothing to do with the film, just as... I think all my, my top 10, I, I love the film as my top 10, and it's this one I wanted in it, but I just, I couldn't really put it above anything else. Um, I feel it's a wonderful film, but I felt the last 15 minutes of it, I did find myself a little bit not really, not understanding it, but sort of, it was just, it was an overload of senses, like to the point where it's, it. I, I lost the story a little bit for the final 15 minutes. Going too much at you. Yeah. Have a you seen bit, this, yeah. Stu? Have you seen everything? Yes. Every all once? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's yeah. relatively high in my list, I think, eight or something. But uh, yeah. yeah, damn good fun, really. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can see where, where Richard is coming from. I'd say the film is like that as a whole, though. And maybe it just became too much by the end. Because <laughs> it is, yeah. it's pretty intense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it kind of goes at it. It's just, yeah. you know, here's the film, go. It doesn't ease you in. Paul, your number nine? Oh, my number nine um, is Smile. Smile, yes. The, the, the horror films we were talking about. Um, I don't know if, if Smile was a Blumhouse or not. but um, was it actually. No, it looks yeah. like it should be. Yeah, it definitely kind of sits in that mm. that kind of realm. Of well, the marketing filmmaking. game as well. You know, very Blumhouse. Mm. It's very strong marketing game, hasn't it? Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd never. I've not seen any of the, the the marketing videos yet, but apparently they had people just standing in random crowds smiling, um, <laughs> looking creepy as fuck. Uh, yeah, so I need, I need to look out for some of these. Um, yeah, I've seen this one in the cinema um, myself, and then I was so impressed. I went back. The next night with Lorraine and seen it a second time, and both times it held up really, really well. Um, just it's a horror that is genuinely quite creepy. It is It's it's not original. Um, I know we were saying earlier on about the horrors. It, it, it is, you know, it kind of hits all the tropes, but in mm. a good way. It's, it um, follows basically. I think. Yeah. It's, it yeah. follows. Yeah. Um, slightly below elevated horror. Um, you know, but not quite a kind of all out slasher as well. So it's yeah. in this week kind of place in the middle, which which kind of worked for it in a big way um, and just to, to once more go on with my anecdote that I like to tell about this one this was the one where after the finish I was in taking a piss and I turned around and there was a guy standing there and I was so tempted just to smile at him and I was like don't, 
fucking do that, big guy. Walk <laughs> out. Stop walk messing away. with men in men's toilets, Colin. This was a big guy. Well. That, that was like, how freaked out would he be if he'd say, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Small, hairy man turned his smile at him. He would, yeah. I'd rather be, I'd rather think it would go really badly for you if <laughs> turns and starts embracing you. I wish, I kind of do wish I'd done it. Just the reaction would have been priceless. Uh, I don't know how it would have been. But, um, but yeah, that, that was my, my number nine <laughs> smile. Um, really Which enjoyed one? it. And I think, um, going by its box office and stuff like that, I think the world can embrace it in a big way as well. I get, yeah, and I, th- I mean, imagine there'll be a sequel on the way at some point for it. Hopefully not in a way, but I imagine... Yeah, yeah, don't do a sequel. It was fine as it was. You've done it, it's done, finished. We got it. Cool, move yeah. on. Yeah. Stu, you're number nine. My number nine is The Northman. That one was good. I dug that Northman. I very much considered The Northman. It didn't yeah. quite make my list, but it was, it was on the cusp of yeah, it's what you want from Vikings, isn't it? You know, yeah. just full on naked men fighting on a volcano. That's what you really want. Like. Exactly, ripping out hearts, selling them, raping, pillaging, all the classics. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> what amazed me about this film most of all was um, just the sheer bulk of, of Alex Skarsgård. I don't know what what kind of regime he must have done to get that size, but he was intimidatingly <laughs> fucking big in it. He was like, mm. you know, like. Fucking yeah. zoom the camera back because he's, you know, you give this man space. Fucking monster. Absolute monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, it bombed. Did it? Did oh, it? Yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely bombed. Um, and it's like, I think it was, I don't know if it bombed. If it, it, it felt like it bombed because people wanted it to bomb because, like, Robert Eggers' first two films had been so well received. Mm. Like, it was almost ready to want to give it a kicking. Yeah. I thought, was, I thought this was great, but a lot of the critical yeah. response was quite lukewarm um, wow. but then after The Witch and the Lighthouse I feel like we're going to bring this guy down to size like he's went from like two small budget films to he's like now spending like you know 80 million on an art house movie like we need to make sure he knows his place type which thing which is almost. a shame because the kind of child I mean that's what happened to him he got that kind of treatment as well do you know what I mean and it's like if somebody's making he a also film did make and... as well so I mean that does get you kicking as well right okay <laughs> okay but you know it's like why can't someone consistently make good films, you know what I mean? They don't need to be kicked because that seems to be the thing to do. It's like, no, if it's a good film, then it's a good fucking film. I don't, right. think, Eggers, I don't think Eggers will be bothered. I don't, I don't think it will make much difference to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I think he'll care. I think he, he made the film he wanted to make, I think. But mm-hmm. then again, listen to his interviews, it felt like he didn't. It felt like it was a lot of, he didn't really like dealing with, with producers. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he's very much he's a one-man band when it comes to yeah. his other films. This felt there was a lot more to and fro and he, I think that was something that Maybe he'll put him off working within that system again. But yeah. he knew he couldn't make this film in like, any world. There was no way yeah. he could do it. He de- these films are definitely of, you know, they're, they're a kind of singular vision. And I think so. Yeah, yeah you don't, you, yeah. you know, you've got to let this man just fucking run with it because he knows what he's doing. He's, he's fucking crazy. Do you know I mean, no doubt about it. But, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. Let, let him go. I think his next one he's doing is a remake of Nosferatu. Oh, that'd be, cool. That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, the, the, the reason this didn't quite make the cut for me, and it's such a stupid thing, Stu, and we've covered this quite a lot <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> it, it's the sound mixing, a lot of the dialogue. Oh, not what I expected you to say, sorry. I, I apologize. Yeah, I know. I know. I was, I was going to say CGI fire. I'd use your way for that. That would come <laughs> later. No, um, a, a lot of the dialogue, I, I kind of really struggled to, to catch. Um, I don't know if it's. Yeah, bad mix no, or what, but yeah. That's it modern is one, films, though, isn't it? Modern big 
big like Tenet. I've never experienced anything like that. Like yeah. Nolan films generally, I'm like I'm, I can't make out the dialogue. What's happened? This is important. I need to yes. read you here. Um, I'm going to revisit the Northman. Um, yeah. subtitles as well, just so yes. that I, I yeah, all the wee things. So that that's my my next step for it. But it it just it was so close. It so close. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 no, I respect that man, but uh, yeah, very, very, uh, very good and super violent. So yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, fuck it yeah. cost ninety million. It made seventy. Well, yeah. that's surprising. I'm, I'm really well, surprised that it, it didn't do better. Yeah, somehow. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's whole idea of original ideas of how they sell, then like sort of yeah. something to piggyback on and like a, an existing franchise. Although um, remember, remember the thing I told you about this is remember what I told you. It's what? Hamlet backwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Which, but you can't really sell it as that in the media, like going, yeah, I'm backwards, and they go, yeah, what? Like, know. You know, you want to put that's why something like, you know, anything with like any sort of franchise knowledge will, will do well. That's why you put on the front of the Glass Onion a Knives Out story. You know, you can take it back on yes. something. You know? The Northman, a copy of a Shakespeare story. Shakespeare <laughs> then everything's a copy of a Shakespearean play when you get down I'm to it. You know? Yeah. Um, my number eight is one, no, number nine, sorry, is one that I saw. Um, um, anyway, so yeah, my number nine is Something in the Dirt, which is a sort of very recent release that came out on Apple Plus. It was only one for rental over here. Um, and it's a low budget um, supernatural sci fi movie um, done by two guys in their house during lockdown. And it just, if if you look at the sort of the, the, the top 10 and go like for the money they've got in the, the actual top 10, they can do anything they want, but really sometimes it looks like. They can't do anything, you know how how cheap things sometimes look. Mm. This film had no money, and that sort of made people be inventive to make it look real. Um, so I pulled it off that way. And just, it's a really compelling, interesting story that, that that drew me in, and I really dug it. And I like the guys, the what they do. They do sort of very off kilter sci-fi. So it's like a very thinky man sci-fi, which I, I really these dig. these were the guys that done the one that I watched recently. That was out a few years ago, wasn't it? The one with um, Mackie and Anthony Mackie. Time, Martin, time time maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, they're, they're very kind of esoteric, and they sort of they don't really come at it things in the same. Much like they get the Daniels who have made mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once. They sort of work a little bit outside the mainstream, and they sort of don't come at things at quite the same angle that mm-hmm. that, that they normally that we you can expect. Um, cool. And for that, they done one called Spring, which is a kind of a real real weird romantic body horror one that you get a chance to watch is really well done. I think it's on Amazon. Okay. Um, I would say they're more like they remind me of Linklater a fair bit the way right. they sort of they do things. It's just, there's a realism to what they do compared to to anything else. So I just I, I dig what they do and I dig the film and I dig I dig I dug this film in a big bad way and I'll definitely cool. watch it. So something in the dirt. And number eight, Colin. Oh, num- number eight for the Mackay is Black Phone. Yes. Second horror. Second horror. Yes. Is, is on there. Um. This was just a really, really well-made film. It captured the era perfectly. It was like kind of late 70s. Late 70s, yeah. Captured that perfectly. Um, Ethan Hawke put in a creepy as fuck style performance. performance. Really nasty performance. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't, you know, gory monster hacker slasher and stuff like that, but it was just horrible. Horrible, horrible character. Yeah, yeah, really creepy. Um, And the the source material, Joe Hill, again, is, is totally... Solid. Um, so yeah. just, just really, really good, well-made horror film. Um, I would agree. Yeah, it's in my list as well. It's my number seven. Um, oh. I dug it in a big bad way. I thought it was excellent. It's, it's yeah. the kind of horror film that I really enjoy. It's not built upon. It's not gory in any way. Yeah. It's not really. It's, there's no real gore, but there's a lot of good scares. Yeah. And it's sometimes a little bit cheap with you know the jump scares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the 
executed well enough, but there's just a constant creeping sense of dread throughout it. Always, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if Stranger Things hasn't maybe kind of lent a hand to buying into films that are set in the 70s and 80s as well. Um, You know, so that's probably kind of not not detracted from the film in the slightest. But no, I I really, really enjoyed this one. This is one that as soon as I've seen it, I was like, anybody would listen go and see this film yeah really definitely horror Um, and the young girl in it I think probably the best role of the year I thought she was fantastic the sister I thought she was fantastic she was really good have you seen this Stu have you seen no no Richard recommended it to me and I I have read some Joe Hill stuff so I need to get on it yeah want to watch her definitely I dug the black phone as well Um, number 8 for yourself Stu number 8 for me is uh, The Tender Bar this came so close to my list as well. This was like this is a real genuine surprise. This one, like how yeah. really nice it was. Oh, is this the one with Ben Affleck in it? Yeah, I've not seen it. Tell me, come in, come in. Oh, very basically, I suppose you just say it's a, a coming of age story. Uh, I think George is it. It is George Clooney is directing it. I think yes, um, directing yes. And uh, there's a dysfunctional family. A young kid um, moves back to his. Um, mother's parents in long island Long Island, yeah, yeah yeah and um he's got a neglectful dickhead father um who's a radio dj and he listens to his radio station that's the only kind of connection he has with him but his uncle who owns a local bar becomes a kind of surrogate father figure for him that's played by ben affleck no it's kind of got that um goodwill hunting thing like a really clever kid in a blue collar American town and he's up too good for the the environment but also he's feeling real connection with these people as well and feeling really real love with with his uncle so it's just a really sweet <laughs> film about um love and unfulfilled talent and you know trying to make the best of yourself yeah it's just I really loved it yeah I think it feels it's the most really... real Affleck you've seen like I felt this this feels like yes. Affleck into this far too easily like either this is this is what Affleck would have been or Affleck knows people like this in a big <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But is you do because Affleck's, you know, he's been dragged through the mud about him. Um, he's done some dodgy shit and stuff like that. But you do forget that Ben Affleck can act. Do you know what I mean? When oh, you see yeah. him, oh, when he's on his game, you know what I mean. When he, when he's engaged in a film, he's fucking dynamite. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, hundred percent. Affleck can act. You know, like, yeah, there's yeah. no question on that. It's not like he's he's not like a Jerry Butler who's sort of just doing the same thing over and over again. No. Affleck, like, come on. You see him like stuff like. Um, like, well, like, going real well, well back. You watch him in, like, sort of Good Will Hunting. He's very good in that. Different mm. Then you watch him in something like Chasing Amy. He's yeah. very solid in that as well. And then you watch him in stuff more recently, like um, The Accountant, he was very good in as well. Argo, he's very good in as yeah. well. You know, yeah. so he can definitely act. There's no question. This this yeah. does feel the closest to the Affleck. Like, this is what Affleck would have been if he wasn't an actor. Yeah. It, it felt like it, it was, like, there by the grace of God, go I a little <laughs> bit of Affleck in this one. But this it's a really like- story. A dress rehearsal for his retirement plan. Is I think he's all right now. He's got a bit of cash. He's got the J-Lo money now. But if, if <laughs> like, if they hadn't sold, if they hadn't sold the Goodwill Hunting script, for mm. example, yeah. you can imagine Affleck ending up like yeah. this guy. The bookish barman. Yeah. yeah. A, a really smart guy working behind a bar who's smarter than any other guy in the bar. Yeah. And but too afraid to take things up that way. Rather be the the big fish in a small pond. Yeah. yeah. And he could also knock anyone out in the bar who pisses them off. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. a really sweet film. It's on Amazon, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll, need to, I'll need to check it out. Yeah, I remember we talked about it as well, Mr. Lord, and I think you were quite, quite, you know. It was, if it was, if I had a number, a number it. list, it probably be my number 11 on my list. It came very close to, to pipping 
something on the list. I really it's a memoir that. as well, I believe, isn't it? It's a memoir. Yes. The kid. Yes. The, the kid. Who's, uh, yeah. It's that boy, Ty Sheridan. Um, he was in Ready yes. Player One. Yes. Yeah. Really really, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, what's your number eight, sir? My number eight is the menu, which I saw recently. Oh, okay. Made a big impact on because it's just so fucked up, and I really just enjoyed Ralph Fiennes' like portrayal of a crazy chef. Um, and it's a film that zigged when it should zag, and it just kept me guessing all the way through, and I just was fully engaged. And it's one of the few films I should actually saw in the cinema. Um, hmm. Just the way life has been recently. Um, so maybe that's what really sold it to me. But I, I remember watching it and just sort of been totally enthralled by it, like all the way through. I know you didn't dig it quite as much as me, but I, I thought it was excellent. You know why I didn't dig it as much it's as you, though? CGI fire. I know you don't CGI like CGI. CGI fire. <laughs> <laughs> Told you um, we'd come back to it. You do come back to it a lot, yes. Um <laughs> So, but no, I just I think it's a really well done thriller, and it's such a rare thing. And like we're talking about before, the thirty million dollar movie is sort of something that's you know a bit dead now. You know, I don't know if it costs thirty million, but you know the, the low budget thriller is sort of something that seems to be like a, a thing of the past. So to see it done well and to and to hit like this, it was gives me a bit of hope. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's more to come in that kind of vein, and hopefully this will <laughs> inspire others to. Yeah. Also, also based on the fact that it's a guy who done Ali G in the house. Yeah. Well, you know, it does show that second, you know, second, second life does exist out there. You know, you can. Oh, for sure. Um, what a talent. Do you know what I mean, but because Ali G in the house, I mean, it's it's not badly written in any way at all. Do you know what I mean, like, as a movie, and then he's writing this as well. So yeah, the man's obviously. I think in between times he's working on a lot of like like prestige American shows. I think he worked on Succession and he worked on. Billions and things like that. So he was in between times. He wasn't just doing the conflict. But his career does literally divide in half. Like he's working on like the fast show and like Harry Enfield yeah. and yeah. like all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it just turns into like this. He must have just went, I'm taking a flight to America. I'm going to start working on shit and just start building like a HBO yeah. resume. And then he yeah. makes this. It's completely yeah. eclectic. Completely eclectic. Yeah. You see, when you watch his resume, you're like, what the fuck? You know, where, where are you selling? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my number seven is uh, the black phone. So we won't talk about that again. Um, Calls what's your number seven? My number seven is Elvis. Yeah. Baz Lorman's Elvis. Um, I'm, I'm a massive, massive fan of Elvis. Um, ever since was, my, my mum loved Elvis, my grand mm-hmm. loved Elvis, and kind of grew up when. So when did Elvis die? Elvis was alive when I was born. Do you know what I mean? So it was still, he was still kind of more relevant then. Yeah, yeah, as, as he is now. So I grew, grew up with Elvis. Um, I've seen all these kind of cheesy Hollywood films and stuff like that, and the Kurt Russell one, and anything that. See, I was interested in it, and this film just totally was a whole new slant on it. It did whitewash over the the whole underage sex. Yeah, yeah, a lot the all the bad stuff that you know, kind of you know, let's let's push that to the sides. Um, but you know, just the, the infusion that that Bars Lumman's got of putting modern music over, you know, yeah. kind of old periods and stuff like that. It just really, really just struck dead center with this one. It, it does. It, it has a it has a way of like sort of like. Breathing a, a life into history, you know, in a it way. Gives it, it, it makes, it's, it's not, it's not real. It's not, it's fake history, but it's still. Yeah. But it gives it, it makes it exciting, you know. It's, yeah. like, it's like when you hear, you know, like kind of hip hop busting out and, and top of Elvis performing, you're like, what the, you know, your mind's just like, this is fucking brilliant, you know. It's yeah. really good. Um, and Austin Butler, um, it, his his performance was amazing. Um. He didn't always look like Elvis, which I thought was good because you don't need to. But when no. he did, he did. But, you know, he, he embodied the persona of Elvis perfectly. What an amazing performance from Butler as well. 
Tom yeah. Hanks was a bit shit, but you know. Yeah. Tom Hanks made choices. Yeah, yeah. Right. Tom Hanks very, made choices. Very strange choices. Tom Hanks seems to be in that level of his career right now where he's making choices, but they're not always as good a choice as he's made previously. Part, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think he's trying to settle into. He's, he's, he's obviously older now, Mr. Hanks. He's kind of yeah. 65, 70. So he needs to yeah. find that niche as well. And I think he's kind of trying to find where that is, maybe. And that's yeah. why he's kind of a bit up and He seems to be quite happy being a supporting actor now, as yeah, opposed to being the lead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Which, I don't know if it suits him. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he's, he's a movie star. He's, he's a lead actor, isn't he? If he was yeah. on that. I think so. Austin Butler, interestingly, was in Yoga Hosers. Just that's right, yeah, yeah. He was also, he, he's also in the Shannara Chronicles as well. Which, is he? I'm passionate about Shannara, but that's a, <laughs> I'm sorry for a different day. But yeah, Elvis was my, my number seven. He was in the second tier for me. I really enjoyed Elvis. It wasn't far off my turn. So yeah. it was really, really vivid, really typically Lerman just brought it to life mm. in a really vivid, vivacious, colourful, creative way. It was just a joy, actually. Really, Yeah, it's, it was a fun film to watch. Yeah. I mean, it would have yeah. been weird to, if he, as much as we know Elvis was a bit of a dirty bastard, if he just mm. suddenly shoehorned in, oh, bring me up a, a, a harem of 13-year-olds, please. Really put a sour taste on the family-friendly vibes. You know, it would kill the vape. It would definitely kill the vape. Yeah. Plus, I think everyone knows that part of it as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we're here to see, you know, the, the, the kind of happy, joyous music, Elvis, not the... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, not the stick your dick in your daughter when she's 13, Elvis. We don't know. It's not good. Not good, Elvis. <laughs> you your number seven? Uh, my number seven, the aforementioned everything, everywhere, all at once, which we'll is just we'll be, great. We'll, 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 we'll put it at length later because it's, it's in our, it's, it might appear later on in the, the big list. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Colsey, number six, which is number, number six? Oh, we're kind of getting halfway almost. Uh, yeah. Number six for me, um, surprisingly not number one, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, understand this film. I don't understand it. Right, it's pure cheesy nostalgic nonsense but it's done so so well because it is just it's a carbon copy of fucking top gun top gun is shit top gun's great man top gun's, shit. Top gun's fucking, a bad movie no yeah. top guns you you come out of top gun and took the maverick and you want to be a fucking pilot you, your dick grows that much just by watching that film it does it's testosterone fucking I sprouted hair watching it that's how much <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing um, it, it just yeah. takes you in this just crazy it's, it's, do you know what it's like it's akin to going on a fucking roller coaster do you know what I mean it's like you know you're going to feel shit after it and you know you're not looking forward to it but when you get there you're on that fucking thrill ride that's what this is it's just Tom Cruise they've let him fly fucking Fighter no, planes. Number one, they didn't let him fly planes. A lot of people are flying the fucking planes. He's, he's in there with the them, though. He's yeah. in the plane. That's but in reality, nice. if they told you they shot that in a gimbal on stage, you wouldn't have known the difference. I would have known. Me and Tom. No, you wouldn't have. Me, me, me and Tom, no. We, no, you we wouldn't phoned, have phoned it be like, Tom, how are you today? He's like, oh, that plane ride was fucking awesome. It's a bit like when I watch Star Wars. You can only watch so many dog fights where you go, I'm kind of bored of this shit now. No. You know, it's like, no, just planes have... zooming by. Sorry, so you have really enjoy the imp- does it improve the enjoyment of a film knowing that somebody's done their own like I don't, stunts or I, I haven't really I got think, that excitement. I don't think really. it does. It's does uh, it? I don't, it, I don't it, give a shit. Like just make it look good or make it. Yeah. Look, 
I think it's kind of done right. Like, see something like on like Mad Max Fury Road, that all is real, so you can you can appreciate that. You can I appreciate think you watch, like when you watch Cruz do his stuff on like Mission Impossible when he's like stapled to a plane and stuff mm. like that. You go, yeah. oh, that is genuinely fucking impressive. Seeing him mm. do that stuff like that, you know, that's kind of it's kind of mental. But this, it's for DVD extra rather than yeah. I don't feel anything while I'm watching the film. But when you're watching Top Gun Maverick, you go. Well, as in the plane in the, in the sky, well, I'm assuming so, because that's what all the press is about. But in reality, he could be sitting in the studio with a camera sitting there and he's just going. But he's, he's not. And I think that's the thing is, I think it's, that's, that's why he's Tom Cruise. There's that authenticity. It's like in Mission Impossible 6, when you see him jumping for space, it's fucking Tom Cruise. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's, he, he wants you there with him, you know, he's like, I'm Tom Cruise, I'm fucking doing these stunts, you're here with me, let's all go, and I'm, I, 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 buy, I buy it, man, I'm like, A yeah, stunt doesn't make a movie. Doesn't make a movie. That's my point, that's my yeah. point. I don't oh, like no, it, it doesn't, but just knowing that it's fucking Tom Cruise doing that, I'm like, fucking ch- the- chubby all night long it's brilliant <laughs> so, yeah, it I, I mean I, honestly I just thought the film was I watched the film because everyone was absolutely raving with this film before I went and seen it mm. and I've genuinely not, not sat in a film and I've never been sat in a cinema for so like so underwhelmed and bored by what I was really? watching because like the, it- the story makes no sense right and I know you're going to say the story, but like the, there's a story interesting because I'm, I'm wanting to know the story behind the baby goose here we go because <laughs> I pitched you last night what my theory of the baby goose story is, and my theory of the baby goose story is that after the death of Big Goose, Meg Ryan has drew her son up in the image of Goose, has right. fucked her son, killed herself out of guilt, but he's now left with no personality and he has to try and join the the, the navy. So you're you're saying Meg Ryan fucked her own son? Yes. But Hollywood won't show that because they're cowards. Because the story makes no sense. Why would someone at that age, right, he, he doesn't just look like his dad. We all bear yeah. a passing resemblance to our fathers. He specifically dresses like his dad for no good reason and learns the same songs on a piano as his dad. Like, that's fucking weird. This is like, there's a film there of trauma that should be in like a, on a psychiatrist's couch. Nah, Not right. No, see, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there, right, and say, like, from me being a kid, songs are playing the guitar. The songs that my old man would play the guitar. No, my wardrobe is He's great balls of fire in a bar, and, and all these fucking millennials know the fucking song. <laughs> and my wardrobe is He should be singing Wrecking Ball. That's what he should be singing. That's what he should be belting out. <laughs> you can't have Miles Taylor swinging naked in a fucking Wrecking Ball no, across a bar, dude. Just general version of Wrecking Ball. That would make more sense oh. than having a bunch of fucking... Jacked up millennials singing the Great Balls of Fire. Everyone unless, knows Great Balls of Fire. Unless the reason why he done it is because he noticed Tom Cruise in the bar and went, I'm going to fuck with this guy and play the song my dad used to sing just because I know he killed my father. Well, maybe maybe, maybe it's an army thing. Maybe that the, the Air Force, maybe that song's relevant somehow to, yeah. to the American Air Force. Could be. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> my point is, I did you not like Top Gun You really didn't like it at all? No, I didn't like it at all. I just, None of it. It's the worst type of shit nostalgia. It's nostalgia for nostalgia's sake and had no interesting ideas that made itself unique to be actually watchable. Like, exactly. Well, what, no, but, uh, but Creed, for example, is nostalgia-based and it's nostalgia-built, but that builds a story around it and it only brings nostalgia when it really needs to. And, and, it, same, and it does when it hits. Same shit, though. Creed is the it's same not, it's, it's, it's Rocky, it's, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. No, but it's like, it's like Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah. just a remake. 
Oh. You know what I mean? And tapping into hitting nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. But, erogenous but, zones. Yeah, but that. sometimes I want that. That's just what oh, I, no, I need. I, it's I, like I want to see Top Gun Maverick because that. it's called Top Gun fucking Maverick. Do you know what I mean? It's like I want. Give me fucking planes and, and Listen, like, all that wait, shit. You're you are not in the minority here, Richard. Yeah, yeah. You know, most people uh, concur with you here, man. Mm. Yeah, a lapping up this nostalgia. But I just the whole nostalgia trip we're on this now. It's really boring. Yeah, it's lazy. It's so the, it goes back to the, the earlier conversation. Is it's killing any originality? Uh-huh. That, 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 that's exactly. the problem as well. Yeah. yeah, like even like at number two in the list of like sort of like top films of the worldwide Jurassic Park Dominion. Like they could have built a story in that film that didn't involve like Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum, but they need them in it. It's like, well, we need them in because nostalgia. We have to have them in it. You know? Also money as well. That's the big draw. Is well, that's right, because people yeah. want to see their childhood on screen. And that's yeah. why like, The Force Awakens had Harrison Ford in it. He had no interest in coming back to do, yeah. you know, Han Solo. And it's why Indiana Jones is coming back as well. It's like you need to have that hit of childhood to make you want to watch it. Yep. Which... And um, unfortunately for you, the success of Top Gun Maverick means there's probably going to be a Top Gun 3. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully they can kill him this time then. <laughs> They can kill him now. You're horrible, man. You're fucking horrible. Um, so sorry, right? So, so that was my number six. Um, okay. Stu, what was your you number six? Um, my uh, number six was uh, Apollo ten and a half. Was my a space um, age childhood. Space age childhood was my number six. Um, which um, was a was that, this was correct me if I'm wrong, Richard, but this was. Early in the year, this came out. Was it? Yeah, it came like, like March, April time, I think, around about then. Yeah. So it was buried. It was buried. It was released at the same time as I think the same time as that shit. Um, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, Gal Gadot one. Yes. Mm. Red Notice, wasn't it? Yeah, and the whole point. The whole point of everyone saying about streaming was, right. Your, your smaller films won't get to the cinema, but you know what we can do and put them all on streaming services, and everyone can see them in their house, and they'll get a great audience, they'll get great views. But then release it in the same day as fucking Red Notice, bury this film in a massive shit, and no one sees it. And it's but Richard Linklater. It's a Richard I know, I know, I know, dude, I know what you're saying, but if this had a cinematic release, would it have made its money back, do you think? Seriously? Well, uh, based on, yeah. I think based on, it wasn't as much to make as, say, for example, Red Notice. Mm. And there's a core fan base who will enjoy this film and will embrace it in the same way that Boyhood yeah. made its money. And after Sunset and before Sunset and... All those films that he's made, that they have a core audience that will go and see them. And this is a beautiful, this is a beautiful film. It's just, it is, it's, yes. it's nostalgia done properly, you know. Because it makes you nostalgia for something you don't actually have. Mm, yes. Which is something like that does better than anyone else. Yeah. And it pulls at the heartstrings, it tugs at the heartstrings, but it's in no way just pandering to it. No, it's a universal yearning. Yeah. For something you can never get back. Ah. Oh. Um. Yeah. The films. Have you seen it, Colin? I've not seen it yet. No, it's it's all my to watch list. Yeah, it's it's really sweet. Just a, a really sweet. I, I love the animation as well. Yeah. Um, it just I felt uh, I've said this to you before, Richard. The first hour is as enjoyable as any film. I watched <laughs> here probably. It's just you know when a film just breezes past. The classic yeah. Linklater. You're just so immersed in that world, and you you feel like you're one of those characters. It's so yeah. immersive. Yeah. Uh, I, I did feel it lost its way a little bit, which is why it's a little bit lower down. But, yeah. you know, it's minor gripes for what is just a really super sweet, 
um super nostalgic again really really well written like it's the the dialogue is fantastic and the voiceover great as well ron livingston is ron livingston yeah i I really implore everyone to watch it it's great i remember mr laird was waxing lyrical about it as well he was um quite enamored by it when it was released as well so definitely one to watch on my list I'll, i'll Get around to easily it. not allowed to be nominated for best animated at the Oscars, which is why was that again? You, you told me why I can't remember why. Apparently, they don't count rotoscope as animation, yet every scene was animated. What the fuck? That's strange, isn't it? Yeah, but remember, but Hollywood this shit. I just remember back in the day with Lord of the Rings, they weren't allowed to nominate Circus because he was mocap and all that yeah, shit as well. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Hollywood, they're, they're dicks for that, aren't they? They just yeah. some very odd rules. It must be like you, English union rules as much as anything else. They don't mm. want to be like sort of to step on union toes and stuff and like guild laws and stuff oh, like that right. that were written before anyone knew what like rotoscoping was so i don't know how to like sort of slot it in somewhere but it can still get like kind of best screenplay or that kind of oh, stuff, yeah, get all that it stuff. Just, it's just how the animation yeah but it is probably the best animated film i've seen this year that's the yeah. thing so it's a real yeah. shame that it's not getting to compete on that level you know? I know. Um, sure, yeah. yeah my number six is um amazingly um a paul verhoven film and it is the sexy <laughs> the sexy nun film called benedetta um you dirty bastard, a dirty what bastard yeah. what's going on <laughs> tonight what's what's happening here this is a film, I, honestly, <laughs> I watched it purely in the sort of thing like i want to see what paul verhoven does with this source material because it's you did you couldn't fucking just imagine i mean that's I the thing, I think, what you got is something entirely different from what you expect Paul Verhoeven to give you. It's a genuinely very touching, non-exploitative story that actually really does pull at the heartstrings, and it's a genuine love story. Is it dirty? It's, it's, it is, but it's, it's none of it. <laughs> um, but we've all seen what Paul Verhoeven can do. At yeah. Times, mm-hmm. And this is definitely a, a departure from that. And I, I genuinely was really quite, you say word, moved by it without you trying to make a joke, but I found it a genuinely quite compelling <laughs> and touching story. Um, and I was genuinely surprised by what it did, and I think that's. It's, I think we've talked about it before that we watch so many films that something if you can surprise me, that's mm. as good as being good almost. You know, if you can make me, you know, just not know what's happening, yeah, and not you know, and be excited about what's happening next, that's as good as being good because I'm I, I'm I'm always predict what's happening in most films, like from the word go. Apart from that one I watched all night there, which I texted you about, I'll tell you about off camera. Um, <laughs> Did you watch this in cinema or was this small screen? The small screen, it was, it was only on like a, it was like Curzon Home Cinema or something, it was released on like some artsy cinema. Just building a picture here, Kleenex? <laughs> no, there was no Kleenex. <laughs> It wasn't early. I did watch it early morning just so I wouldn't be tempted. <laughs> but no, it's a genuinely wonderful film, and again, it's genuinely very touching uh, film, and it sort of it gets to kind of very much a universal truth, and I'm openly and very genuinely surprised by it. Yeah, no, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's Paul Verhoeven, man. You like, I have. Has he got anything in him that has subtlety or nuance? No. In his back catalogue. Obviously, he's got great films, Total Recall, and yeah, I mean, it's quite, yeah, it's quite clever the way he does it. But yeah, you know, it's just kind of does it so well. It does, Verhoeven. I mean, it's that satire that's just it's there. I mean, you've got to look for it sometimes, but it's fucking there, man. He does it so well. This wasn't satire. This is just um, filth, kinda. Sweet, sweet filth. Black Book was quite. um, Nuanced. It's one about the Nazi-occupied Netherlands during 
I honestly didn't know that was Verhoeven. Yeah, he done that one. He done. Yeah. I'm going to say Showgirls, but Showgirls is not subtle in any way. Jesse from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Um, no, I think that might be the only one that's sort of in any way not what <laughs> yeah. you expect from Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> he, he has a. He has a. An the man's got a stamp. He's got a stamp. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, Starship Trooper is still one of the best films ever made. I think Starship Trooper is an absolute. It is. Yeah, but again, that satire all the way through it is just fucking. Like, really? Though, he's been on an interview saying he doesn't think it's satire. I'm going, what the hell do you think you were making? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's more worrying at that point. Yeah, totally. Like, that's the alarm bells. What? He didn't yeah. perfectly satire. He just nails it. Do you know what I mean? But it's so subtle. You know, like, when you get it, you're like, you fucker, man. It's yeah. well, well done. Yeah. Right. Halfway point call number five. Number five for me is Bullet Train. This appeared on a lot more lists than I expected to appear on. It just, it was one of those films, like, you seen the trailer and you thought that looked, looked fun. And then when you went to see the movie, there was so much more to the characters that the trailer kind of gave away. And it was just, it was just fun. It was just a pure nonsense piece of fun. Loads of cool hip dialogue in it. Um, you know, it was just ultra violent, and it just moved at a pace. And it was just a great, great film. It was just pure escapism entirely. It was. It was very much escapism. It very much did reek of someone who watched Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, young, was trying oh, to be yeah. Tarantino, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're not. You're not Tarantino. You know, so to stop trying to be him. Um, but for the most part, it was. It was fun. It was very silly. It was a really weak ending, I thought. But yeah, for yeah. the most part, it was. It was a. It's kind of what cinema should be. And I would compare it this year to something like Ambulance. Um, like, it's a film that's completely ridiculous, but you want to watch in a cinema with an audience because an audience will appreciate it as opposed yeah. to watching it at home by yourself. When it's, it's just, just it's, it's that, that mastery that, that some directors have got where they can just sweep you along. Do you know what I mean? You're just, yeah. you, you know it's yeah. pure nonsense, but you're in for the right. Yeah, for the right. Yeah. 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 I also think this film is going to be the one that's going to reinvent um, Aaron Taylor Johnson as well. Um, I think it's going to open doors for him in a big way. Oh shit, he, he, was, he was in The King and he was in um, Godzilla. The man's already well, reinvented. No, but I mean, I mean, give him what he's due, man. This is going to give this boy shit that, that we've not seen him do yet. And it's going to be like, well, um, he's, well, first of all, he's got to do fucking Craven Hunter, so that's going to be shit, but we'll, we'll let that pass and then we'll carry on with, with his job. He's done not bad already. He's done, what was he was in recently? It was really good. He's in The Kingsman. He wasn't good in that film. Uh, Kingsman wasn't good. To, to, you can use that as an example. That's that's bad form. He was in Tenet, yeah. He's absolutely, uh, absolutely that's tenet. not good either, though, is it? I didn't like he, it. He didn't have a massive part in Tenet, did he? No, no he had a decent enough role. No, see, I think he's capable of much, much more bigger films than him. Outlaw you know, King, he's good in Outlaw King playing the Scottish Lord. Dude, but no man, you gotta think big with this shit. Think big, think about it. I'm taking him. I'm taking I'm taking this boy on a journey with me. We're we're going to fucking he's gonna be in the top one for him. Tell you. This, this is where we're going. I will keep I will save Aaron Don, Aaron Johnson from doing top gun films. Colin is smoking a Cuban cigar as he says. I agree with you. I didn't make my top ten, but for what I watched, it was mostly enjoyable. The trailer gave everything away. Um, yes. story, yeah. But it was a it was fun. It was good fun. Two hours in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Enjoyable. Enjoyable two hours. Yeah. Um, Stuart, you're number five? My number five is a film I only watched last night, actually. Um, it's called After Sun. I've not seen it. It's only a film oh, I've not seen in this whole list. Yeah, I've not seen it yet either, dude. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's mm. beautiful filmmaking. Um, it's uh, just a really basic story. It's got Paul Mescal, who was in... Um, 
aforementioned normal people with Daisy mm-hmm. Jones. He is fantastic in this. Um, he plays a young uh, parent. I think he's only maybe 27, something like that. And um, he goes on a holiday with his 11-year-old daughter. And um, he's estranged from her mother. And he's a gloomy character. And the film is told through um, home movies, a home movie that the girl took on their trip. They go to a standard, all-inclusive Turkish resort and do the the standard things like karaoke and lounging about by the pool. Not a lot happens. Kind of got a similar kind of documentarian feel to like the Florida Project or something like that. Um, But it just kind of washes over you and becomes this really sweet but ultimately very sad film. You see flash forwards to the girl as an adult and you don't quite know what happened with their relationship but it's this little time capsule with a really really sweet intense love between someone who shouldn't have had kids and was still a kid themselves yeah but also couldn't love themselves because they had some shit going on in their lives it's really sweet and it's really mm. beautifully paced um and is, is is this a scott i know the director scottish is, is it a scottish film it is yeah yeah it, mescal is irish i think but he's playing a scot in it it's not as mm-hmm. good as well his accent, from what I heard, his accent is not bad in it he's, he's, he sort of pulls it off pretty well yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think deliberately make him edinburgh so it's yeah. quite soft you know but uh um mm-hmm. uh, no it's 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 really good really he doesn't good. play many happy characters does he he seems to like sort of revel in misery a little bit yeah, he's, he's got that angst thing going on. I've only yeah. seen him in this and Normal People. I haven't seen him in anything else. He's in The Lost Daughter as well. Oh, yes, I have seen him in and The again, Lost Daughter. And again, he's not particularly yes. happy in that either. He's particularly lonesome he's in like, that as well. He's the poster boy for angst, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He seems a very sad. I like to see him like, do a comedy one. Just give him a bit happy. Yeah, but it's interesting because I saw him on um, Graham Norton and he was really funny. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Just think at Elizabeth... Not Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth Thingy, who's in Invisible Man, and is also in. Um, oh, the Elizabeth Moss. Moss, yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Moss, she is like she yeah. play, always plays these very angst-ridden characters. But you see her talking yeah. in the she's a very funny, like sort of outgoing woman. And just, but she's obviously she has a, a line in playing sort of like really yeah. angst-ridden characters. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, th- this one seems to be, for what I'm kind of gathering, is, is this is all geared towards Oscars. This one as well. I think this is going to pick up. Think too small. Left I think too small, yeah. I, I don't know. I think small. I think it's going to. Yeah. I think something. it might be on a BAFTA or two. Yeah, like, BAFTAs yeah. and stuff like that. But it's a bit like um, like Belfast probably bucked the trend a little bit by winning stuff, but that's only because uh, Kenneth Branagh's weight behind it, and he's like you know Oscar royalty, number of times been nominated and wins mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, whereas there's a couple of films this year, like there's that one, there's one Aisha about um, the yeah. Irish immigrants. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's one called Ali and Ava that was out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's on Netflix. I've not seen it yet, but apparently it's very good. But it's the same problem as always been. And the film I'm going to talk about next is exactly the same problem last year as well. It just doesn't have the, the bank role behind it to try and like sort of push it for that extra. Yeah, because you just need to throw money at it to basically get the publicity to win to, the Oscar, which, yeah. which doesn't seem right, does it? It seems no. like it should be based on the merit of the film and not how much money you can throw promoting the film. That's fucking nuts. But You've got to get anyway. the film into the people who vote hands so they can exactly. watch it. And even, if, even then, they might watch it, they'll still vote for a friend, you know? Yeah. So it's it's tough that way. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing After Sun. I, I will yeah. look forward to it. As am I. 
Uh, very much. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, your number five, sir. My number five is one that we talked about at length. Is right at the very start of the year. It came out right at the very beginning of, of this year, and that's a film called Mass. Um, yeah. Which mm. was um, probably amazing. I'll hammer this for a while, but a few other things just sort of bumped up down a little bit. But probably one of the most affecting films I've watched in like the last ten years. It's all about these. That's Elizabeth Moss, uh, isn't it? As well. Oh, no, it's um, Martha Plimmington and who else? Not, not Jason. Jason. Jason yeah, Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in there as well. There's two couples. One is the the the, the, the mum and dad of a high school shooter, and the other one is the a, a mum and dad of someone who was killed by said high school shooting in like a mass shooting in America mm. and it's basically them in a church sort of trying Talk, to talking to try to reconcile or reconcile it somewhere no, no, come to understand. terms or yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. it's a brutal watch it's like because there's the first 20 minutes you're trying to figure out who's who a little bit yeah. like as to yeah. who's what family are belong to because you know the rough setup of it mm. and then once that becomes clear it's just this real kind of just that insanely tough watch of like, it's a it's a pure it's a guttural fucking yeah. watch it it just gets you you, you do you just there's i don't mean in a bad way there's no joy in it there's no joy what's it it's 90 minutes of people talking and it's, it's talking about just, the most horrendous you know, shit you're just thinking and projecting and you're like how you know how is how would i react what would i do and it's just that film it just takes you to a place you don't want to be but it's questions that probably should be asked yeah, it should have been up for best um, screenplay. It should have been up. For, I think Jason Isaac should have been up for best actor because I thought he was like. Plimpton as well. Or the, the, the four main stuff. I mean, there's only six, seven people in the cast in total, I think. Six, seven. I mean, um, four, really, but then like three yeah. sort of people kind of walk in and sort of provide disappear some. Disappear again, yeah. Yeah, disappear yeah. again, but yeah. Um, very small cast. Not a bad performance in it at all. Um, no. And let's see, you're just you're just hooked instantly. Do you know what I mean? And like Richard said, yeah. as it unfolds, you're there with it. And when it kind of hits, it just. It pulls you down and like, a big way. Plays on a mother. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. Like, from mm. everything. Yeah. yeah, she's the most. Is it um? It sounds like something that could have been a play. Do you know what? Don't think it was a play, but it definitely could have been a play. Really, it's directed by. Have you watched the film Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, loved it. Yeah. See the stoner in that film. Right. Yeah. Mm. He's a guy, called, he's a guy mm-hmm. called Fran Krantz. He's a, he directed it, so it's a very odd. That's right. Like, yeah. 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 That's I, like, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, that's I think, fantastic. I think I shot it in like about about eight or nine days as well. It was like a really quick shoot. Yeah. You know, trying like process that. What Stu's saying, um, is it a play? If they don't make this a play, they're missing a trick here because I can I can see it set up. No, you can, the, but yeah, yeah. For an actor to go to that level every night would I feel would be a really tough tough yeah. ask. Uh, yeah, definitely, know, definitely. I mean, emotionally, yeah, for them it must have been. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. yeah. You almost yeah. have to do it like a rotating cast almost. Like maybe have yeah. like yeah, you know, different actors play maybe even the actors switching roles every night, you know, like you know, maybe switching yeah. imagine like, playing the suicide playing each club. night because they'll be so miserable and then just uh-huh. trick them in. Yeah, yeah, but um no if you've not seen this, you <laughs> no, highly, I'm, highly recommend it, sir. Um I just I just saw it advertised with, with Isaac, so I'm a big fan of. So yeah, no, it sounds yeah. absolutely fantastic. That's good to go. To the top of my list, I think. Powerful, like, powerful stuff. Like, scarily powerful. Yeah. And again, it should have been seen by more people. It should have been up for Oscars, but unfortunately, yeah. too small a film to unfortunately gather that. Um, mm. that um, yeah. That kind of attraction, unfortunately. Calls are you number four, an odd choice? I'll, I'll no, um, an odd choice, do you think? Surprising, old Henry. Old, so old Henry. Um, okay. I, did, I didn't realise Old Henry was released this year. 
Um, it's just when I was looking back through my ratings, and I was like, "Oh fuck, Old Henry." Um, old Henry, if you if you haven't seen it, um, is basically the, the story of an old cowboy trying to escape from his his past misdemeanors, um, and how the past always catches up with you and yep. k- kicks your ass. Um, heard of it? Written by a man called Potsy. Potsy. Potsy <laughs> who also produced Jane Silent Bob reboot. <laughs> Um, I would disassociate those two. I would disassociate from that as instantly. Thought, oh, yeah. This was just a really, really solidly made western. Um, yeah. You know, it just captured how shit it must have been to live back then. Um, <laughs> how, yeah, how your past catches up with you, and you've got to atone for what you've done, and it just latches onto that. And it's such a simple story, but it rides with it. It's got a wee kind of kick at the end, a wee twist on it that you kind of mm. see coming, but you know. It's still interesting. And then, um, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, Richard, is when you start reading about what it's based on, um, a lot of it is true as well. Yeah. So you find yourself trying to then unravel the myth from fact as well. Yeah, you know, you're like, well, well so, so this really happened in this location with these people, but, you know, stuff like that. So just amazing but- watch. A bit deadwood in that respect, you know, the, the place existed, the characters existed, yeah. what they're doing in the film isn't 100% guaranteed what they did in um, life. Who, who was the fella in the lead in this one, Richard? Sorry, I forgot it his name. It was oh, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Oh, I love a bit of Tim Blake Nelson. He's yeah. oh, perfect. Nice to see you for the first time in a long time. Stephen yeah. Dorff. Stephen Dorff's in it as well. He rocks up. Yeah, it just, it just, nice. just brilliant, brilliant watch. I mean, it just, like, westerns are few and far between. Good westerns even freaking less so and this this was a perfect example of a really really well made wrestling i'll check that out man that sounds yeah. uh, sounds interesting it completely missed uh wasn't on my radar at all that old no, it, i think it was uh, mr laird um who's hot tubbed again recommended to me and i watched it and i was just completely just like mesmerized for the full time i mean just barely blunk just watching it. i was like this is a great great film i do like western so i yeah. do I do as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the good West seems like a dying act, you know, it's just like it seems like something that's not been done quite as often as it should be done. There was yeah. a resurgence about ten years ago, wasn't there? And there was a deluge and then it yeah. disappeared after about a year. There was yeah. a really good resurgence for about two years of West. I think, yeah. I think the Magnificent Seven reboot kinda of killed it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I think you could be right actually. Um yeah. as much as I was looking forward to it, it did not sell me the film I was, I was expecting. Um, yeah. But then last year, that one that was on our top 10, The, the Hard of the Fall, that was a great Western. That was an amazing film, yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, when they do come along, they're done well, they are phenomenal and so watchable, but there's just so, like that Apache Junction that I watched a few months ago, that was like, fucking terrible, you know, just <laughs> bad and good Westerns, unfortunately, but this, this is They can still highly... be done very cheaply, that's the whole point of Westerns, they can be done very cheaply, um, yeah. and with that, quality doesn't always guarantee yeah, what was the one that was done recently with old Doctor Strange in it, Benedict, the the, the dog? Pearl the dog. Yeah, no, that yeah. was kind of Western as well. And that was all that's shot in Australia, wasn't it? Yeah. That was very, very well done. That, that got a lot of um, Hollywood traction and sort of like awards. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed that film a lot. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. That Which I, I kind of like the fact that ones come along like that, that they kind of get noticed, but then I worried that if they get popular again, then you start to get 90% shit and 10% good as well. So I'm like, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I'm like, leave Westerns alone. Don't push them too far, but keep making them, but don't make them 
Oh. It's like anything. Superhero films became big. All of a sudden, everyone's making superhero films. Uh, Westerns were big for a while. Everyone's making Western war films. I mean, when was it like war films for a while? They were like the massive thing. Mm-hmm. They've kind of declined a lot a bit recently. You know, the point there when like, this whole sword and sandal epic after Gladiator became the big yeah. thing, they've all yeah. again because of cost and things like that. So everything's like a circle. You know, it'll yeah. eventually come back around. You know, Hollywood will rediscover that people do like pirate movies again and I'll put them in. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, Old Henry, highly recommend it. Number five for me. Stuart, number four. That was number four for you. Number four sorry, for you. Number four, sorry. Number four, I probably won't need to say much because I imagine this will feature heavily. Uh, Prey. Yes, it does. We'll talk about it uh, very later. But yes, Prey is awesome. definitely on the list of later on. It's awesome. I don't really need to say any more. My number four was Apollo 10 and a half, the Space Age Daydream one. Um Calls your number three is Mass, which we've talked about already. Stuart, oh, yeah. your number three is one that's not going to be talked about and probably it's not on the list for, oh no, is it? it might be on the list, um, but number three for yourself. Yeah, number three for me was Moon Age Daydream. So, oh, right. Yeah. Very intriguing. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, I, I loved Moon Age Daydream. But, um, I know you weren't a fan, Cole, but uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it's a different documentary. Brett Morgan, who made... Um, uh, montage of Heck is the director. He mm. was the director of the Kurt Cobain one, but it's not a kid for that at all. It's uh, it's not your standard music doc. It's not a Talking Heads. It's almost no. a. Is, 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 he, is it a documentary? Is is the question? Because Richard's not seen it, so you're the only know. person I spoke to that's seen it apart from me. Is it a documentary? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of like half concert film, half art house film. Mm. Elements of documentary, elements of performance. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it just is a perfect summation of who Bowie was as an artist because I think it's the the absolute epitome of everything he did, like between the audio and the visuals, the experience, and I, I you let it wash over you rather than watching it for searing insight. Like you would yeah. entry, so yeah. I think more a case of, um, and your your critique is valid that you don't watch it as a Bowie fan learning anything new, and that that's true. You don't you don't, yeah. but if you go into it and just go in and just enjoy it, it feels like that. It's almost it sounds a bit hippieish, but it's almost like the soul of this creative person. It felt mm-hmm. like no, I get you. Yeah. This complete euphoria for me, and I felt like. Even if I wasn't a Bowie fan, I'd come away going, I feel like I know the spirit of that person. And he was such a creative soul. Uh, I yeah. just, I, was, I found it quite emotionally affecting um, in that sense. But then I, I, I am a huge Bowie fan. But uh, no, it was kind of life affirming, I, I thought. Yeah, for me, it was more, I don't know, I felt it was more an assault in my senses. Do you know what I mean? Well, I was it, like, just, it, it fucking, certainly was that, yeah. Because it just, you know, it's just, Thrown shit at, you know, it, it kind of moves from footage to footage, and there's no particular linear. No, but that's what, that's what I mean in terms of just letting it wash over you rather mm. than trying to grasp at a narrative. I think it's more. Did you see in cinema at home? Do you cinema. Cinema, cinema as well, yeah, because I don't know if it's something we appreciate more scale back with I'm in control and the volume yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, maybe. possibly. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I don't think. I found it was awful, and as a Bowie fan, I love watching Bowie. Um, but yeah, it just it didn't give me anything that I was like, I've not. You know, this is a new Bowie. It's yeah. 
Maybe. I, wonder, I wonder if you revisited it knowing what to expect. Mm. Maybe you'd enjoy it more. Possibly. Maybe take yeah. a step back from the audiovisual assault. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I've done that with quite a lot of films. Um, yeah. when you revisit and you're like, well, no, this is this is completely this is, different. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's pretty intense, but yeah, I, yeah. I love it. Are, are you a fan of Bowie, Mr. Laird? I appreciate Bowie without being a massive fan of Bowie. Like I can, I really don't know enough about Bowie to be honest. Like I, I, I know this, I know the hits, and that's about it, really. Unfortunately, I've not really yeah. delved much into. There's a good review um, of Moon Age Daydream. I can't remember where I read it. Um, and the chap was similar to yourself. He liked the big hits. He liked his life on Mars. He liked changes. So he yeah. went trepidatious, but he came away saying he absolutely loved the film. And yeah. he, it the film is a better yeah. option for me then rather than it is for like Colsey. You know, as a fan, he'd be wanting more out of it, whereas for myself, it might be something that will give me a more of a grounding and hope. Open up that world. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm, I'm, I'm a Bowie obsessive and it, it was mm. wonderful for me. But yeah, it, it, it could be something. I think yeah. you'd appreciate how well it's made. Do you know what? Ever seen the Adam Curtis documentaries? Mm. What, did he, what did he do? No. Um, remember some of the names of them They're i wasn't a huge fan of montage of heck i wasn't a massive fan of that same I, actually yeah yeah I, I wouldn't say it was remotely similar to that i wouldn't say stylistically it's, yes no i would i didn't realize until you said there it was yeah. the same director that's how far apart mm-hmm. though. okay yeah. yeah adam curtis english documentarian and i'd say in terms of style it's probably most similar to him um he did i'm trying to remember some of the names of his ones like um <laughs> by, machines, by machines of loving grace um and living in an unreal world charlie brooker used to um cite him a lot on screen okay. white back in the day but yeah okay. anyway i've really enjoyed it um back to another comment you made as well though um with, with, with this one is i think i'm the minority with us um every yeah. review i've read for this is just right. i mean it, it's the perfect bowie platform um so i think yeah i'm definitely a minority and you're you're kind of spoiling most of Family involved in this one, like the licensing stuff out. Because was that like yeah. biopic they brought out recently, where the family basically wouldn't allow any sort mm. of involvement. It's a very biopic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this isn't looking. This isn't about dishing up. This this is just a pure love letter. You know, this is you know here's you know here's somewhere I think. Yeah, here's my soul. Explore. This is what this is. Duncan Jones did. He he's in charge of the estate and he he signed off. But he's they're very discerning about what he lets go. Yeah. Well, I have heard more Bowie songs in in commercials in the last like sort of three or four years than I had heard ever before. It seems like they're, they're allowing his... I wonder if he's um, sold his back catalogue in the same way, you know, like Dylan and stuff have done. Dylan Springsteen's done it as well, didn't he? And so Neil Young did it recently as well. Yeah. Maybe That's he has done point. it now. Bowie's on loads of adverts now, actually, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. used to be quite rare to hear Bowie on like yeah. anything. Now all of a sudden it's became a bit more prevalent. Just... Well, maybe Duncan Jones is saving up for the... Uh, Warcraft. Moon two. The Warcraft. That we never wanted to uh, just just before we move on to the, the, the next load of films and Richard's choice, my um, old man back in would have been the 70s now, um, when he stayed in London, claims to have seen Bowie quite a lot kicking about with various young men hanging off his arm. Yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. 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 That, that, was, it Cam- was it Camden he was sort of like known to hang around with that? Or was it Soho? I'm not sure, not sure at all. Uh, but there's been on off rumours about his sexuality, which is. I don't think it's like, I think it's even on off. I think it's pretty much accepted Bowie would bang anything that would move. I don't think. Mm, Bowie, Bowie said openly. He said openly. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. Jacker were caught together, weren't they? As well. Yeah. 
There was no, no, and there was no subtlety. Billy, Billy liked to put it about. I think by all accounts. Well, subtlety. Oh, they can do that. Yeah. yeah. Give me enough. Give me enough coke, and I'll put it anywhere. Um, my number three is Prey, so we'll get into that later. Oh, okay. Uh, number, Ooh, two, for you. number two for me is one we've mentioned a few times but not touched on yet. Everything, everywhere, all at once. We will touch um, on it very shortly because it's in the top ten. Um, oh, okay. Oh, right, okay, right. So number two for myself and Stu is the same film. That is Nope, which again we'll touch on very shortly. Ooh, and number one fuckers. is... And number one is the same film for all three was in it is very featured heavily in the top ten as well. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Okay. So the actual three beers top ten, there's thirty-four films were all nominated based on everyone saying this. That's not a bad wee haul of, of movies. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Though it did weigh heavily towards a few, to be honest. There is a big kind of drop off in terms of points after like the top five. Um then it becomes quite sparse, as you'll see from the the, the, the results. So number ten, based on Stu's high rating of it, um, Moon Age Daydream gets in. Yeah. <laughs> well done, sir. Again, number ten. Um, also based on a couple of votes um, by my wife. Number nine is Clerks Three, which got in there. Ooh. Which I would put it in there for the first for the last half hour, but I, I for the last fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, I put it in there. Other than that, I would say the first, the first hour was almost unwatchable. I can't yeah. bring myself to watch it. It's gonna yeah. hurt. I bought it on Blu-ray, and I'm right. Okay, so you've it. not seen it yet, Stu. It's gonna hurt me. I know it's gonna hurt me. <laughs> no, it, honestly, the, the payoffs worth the pain. Okay, yeah. I would yeah. definitely put it that way. Yeah, yeah. the first yeah. hour is really tough to watch, but the final twenty-five minutes is generally oh, brings yeah, it home yeah, in a yeah. big bad way that actually yeah. makes it worth it. But Absolutely. if I walk, I could have walked out after the first hour. I'm not lying. Like yeah. it really did feel that. I felt so just downhearted by just it all. It, just, it yeah. felt just like it felt so weak and so lazy and just sort of like fucking hell. Why even? Because I had worried when to see Clerks Two. I went to see it, but I was genuinely overawed by how good Clerks Two was when I saw same, it. Same. Um, but this is this one is jokes that just don't work. They don't land, and it yeah. seems like no one's telling Smith that's not working. He needs Mosher next to him, I think. Yeah. Um, but whatever reason, whatever they had planned out, doesn't work for the first hour, but the final 25 minutes really does come home strong. So, I agree. So, yeah, watch, I, I watch it. Don't, don't have that fear. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah, get, yeah. Give it a try. Um, <laughs> number eight is Apollo 10 and a half, A Space Age Childhood. Um, number seven is Mass. Number six is Top Gun Maverick. Yay. Number five is Collins and a few other people's selections, Bullet Train. Um, my wife liked Bullet Train, strangely. Um, Bullet she, Train's good, that's fine. Yeah. She's got good um, taste. Uh, number four is one we're going to talk about now, and that is Nope. Oh, right. So I fucking hated this passionately. Um, sales Oh, yeah. I, that is not <laughs> uncontroversial coming from Colin, from a man who liked fucking Top Gun Maverick. Me and everyone I, I else on the planet. I can understand <laughs> how Nope is divisive, though. I do yeah. understand um, I think the, the the biggest problem I had with was I don't know what happened that day, but I'm I'm not a stupid person and I, I tend to get films quite easily, but this one just went over me and I did not. I t- at the end I had to say to Lorraine, what what was that about? And she had to explain it to me on the bus ride home as to okay, so here's what the film was about. When I got it, it made more sense, but by that point the damage was done. I was like, no, I I just I, I tuned out um, after about five minutes of cinema. I was just completely five like, minutes. Yeah, I just totally tuned out. 
You like Keith David died and you walked away from it basically. Just fucking did it. Keith David died for nothing for (laughs) Keith David never dies for nothing for me. In my head, he's always always. But But yeah, it just didn't mm -hmm. it didn't get me at all. But if you've got it like five minutes is no time. Like (laughs) I know and I just totally zoned I was like flatlines. Yeah, just did I wonder again, I wonder if that's the second viewing for you now. I, I Possibly. Wonder. Lorraine's explained to me what the film was about. I, I, I didn't fall asleep. sleep. I was watching it, but I was just my brain was just fucking everywhere, but in the middle. Do you know what Maybe I mean? you're just in the wrong headspace sometimes. Can do oh, that yeah, yeah. Um, Lorraine explained to me and when she explained, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect fucking sense. Do you know what I mean, I was like, yeah. of course. Um, so it yeah, doesn't I, I, I get it because the first hour, I, 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 I found the first probably first forty minutes, I was like, where is this going? Like, yeah. I really. But I, I'm so invested in what Jordan Peele does <laughs> that I'm just thinking, I know this is going to be worth it. Um, that's what I was with as well, because even you're watching like us, and well, not so much Get Out, because that was his first film, but you're watching us, you go, where's this going for the first 40 minutes as well? And, you're, I'm trying, yeah. and you sort of you have faith that he yes. has something. It's better you watch any Tarantino film as well, you watch like Inglourious yes. Bastards or... You know, and it reminds me of a Tarantino film. I have to yeah. say, the first hour. In the sense of like, yeah. you you have to trust the filmmaker that he's going to deliver something. Yes. And, and if, if it's a lesser filmmaker, you would be more questioning of it. You would maybe yes. you would tune out a little bit, but you have faith in what Peel is doing. But that's the problem with this is when it did kind of open up and it was the big fucking rectangles and all that. That took me further away. Do you know what I mean? I was like, no, I, that that's not what. I'm, I wanted it. I don't know what I wanted, but it wasn't that. Do you know what I mean? Right. It was fucking. It was, a, it was a weird experience for me. I, I honestly came out like so, like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? Like proper. It's definitely his most challenging of the three films. It's probably what is most divisive. I mean, I, I know a lot of people didn't like us. Like, just people that didn't buy into us enough. Um, but one of my favourite Spielberg films is Close Encounters, and I feel this is always a lot of debt to Close Encounters, and I think yeah, yeah. that's why I embrace so much. It felt yeah. very much like almost a kinship with Close Encounters, yeah. and maybe that's what, what I got from it. Also, I thought the two, like Kalua and Kiki Palmer, were brilliant in the lead roles. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. I wasn't yeah. a fan of her in that at all. I thought yeah. she was badass. Yeah. I thought she was great, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't get up. Sorry, sorry, boys. I feel like I'm being sorry. a hack here. And I'm, 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 not, in, I'm not trying. Is he a massive what? racist? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> 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 what I don't understand still, and I've kind of picked up everything else, and I kind of know now what the film is about is the the, the shoe. The shoe is still question to me. I don't know what the, the shoe means. Like, even when you look it up online, it's like we, we, we don't fuck. Google doesn't know what the fucking shoe is about. No, no one yeah. knows this this shoe. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's a bit like you know Tarantino had the golden case. Maybe it's that kind of thing. You know, it's like it's something that is left yeah. there for him. To, yeah, to you, you figure it out. Yeah, it's up to yeah. you. Yeah, or make your own assumptions of what it is. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. possibly, but yeah. 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 People love Nope, Colin. I'm not denying that, and the, the box office revenue probably speaks for itself. Um, I just hope Mr. Peel doesn't let me down again. I'll have to, I'll have to do some keyboard warrior. And to be honest, for me, Peel's <laughs> three for three right now. It's like I, I, I think he's three five stars in a row. Yeah. Like he's absolutely killing it right now. Yeah. Oh, no, so I, 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 I for me, he's sequential. His first film landed. Second one, not as good as the first one, and the last one was, yeah, do I say just. That's me completely. Yeah. Strange. Mm. Yeah. To me, people's on a role that's sort of akin to, you know, like you sort of like Spielberg's early stuff or even Kubrick and things. 
Ah, oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure the man's got great things in him still. I don't. I'm not writing him off. Do you know what I mean? He's, 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 that there's fucking ideas brimming over. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's going to throw my ass. Um, I just hope <laughs> he does better. You also produced Candyman this year, which I thought was brilliant. It's fucking awful, terrible film. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we've had that discussion. Candyman nearly made my top ten. I really enjoyed Candyman. Um, number three, one we've touched on very briefly, but we'll touch on more heavily now, and that is everything, everywhere, all at once. Yay. Mm. So, so this was my number. You had this high, man. Yeah. You just number uh, two. Stu had it at number seven, and I had it at number ten. Yeah. So the, the for me, this was just mind blowing. Yeah. Went in. Not knowing what I was going to see, have no idea. I didn't know it was out. I think I, I went to see it. I, I just finished work and I was like, I'm going to go and see something. What's out? That's out. I don't know what it is. Went to see it and I just sat there, like slight jaw. So what the fuck is this film? Um, well, that surprised like, me because you you loved Swiss Army Man, so I thought you'd be like more like one. I didn't know it was the same people because I, did, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't know this was out until I went the night I went to see it. So it was like literally so finished work. What's on? And I went right. to see it. After I went to see it, I took Larry. I went to see it again myself a second time, and then took Larry a third time. And yeah. every time, it just gets better and better and better. It does does not fail in any way at all. This film, it's just beautiful, beautiful. It is, and it's so inventive as well. It's so clever. It's so smart, and, and it's it's trying new things. It's trying like it doesn't worry about being ridiculous either. Not in the slightest. <laughs> you know, no. at times it's a bit like the 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 ratatouille chef thing was just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just genius absolute yeah. madness if you thought in your head if you think that you're like that's fucking stupid and then when you yeah. see it you're like well you've you, you done it do you know what I mean you actually took that idea and fucking made it come to life but in a funny way that and it's still stupid but it's still brilliantly stupid amazingly so yeah just performance wise again Jamie Lee Curtis popping up um, oh she's great Short rounds or you know short gadget gadget whatever you want to call him. Do you know what I mean? Short, he'll always be short round. I, I don't know. I think he's gadget for me, but um, but he was fucking. This everybody in it was just amazing, and you could just feel the love in this film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it yeah. seems like it would have been fun to make, and I think yes. that came across when you watched the final product. You were just like, yeah, this is this is brilliant. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm done with this. Who was for originally for? Who in the lead role? Who? Jackie Chan. That would work as well. Yeah. Totally down with that. Jet Lee put him in there as well. Yep, perfect. Yep. I'm I'm down with all that shit. Um, but yeah, Michelle Yo also works as well. Michelle Yo is it, it, it seems to be open doors for her as well. She's kinda of back in again, which uh, she's why did she ever go away? Because like she's fucking Michelle Yo. She's like I know. one of the greatest martial artists on film in the last like twenty or thirty years quite an astonishing actress as well I mean she she's kicks in, ass and she can fucking act as well every year we now watch Last Christmas and she's in that and she's actually adorable in that film it's a terrible <laughs> film You're a it's a lovely film terrible person terrible person too yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely <laughs> movie <laughs> a nice film yeah. call yourself a film critic fuck's sake you're sitting watching fucking Top Gun Maverick shut up I'll watch it tonight. But sorry, you talk about everywhere, everywhere, all the ones I've. I've no, I think just, it's summed up well. I think that's. Yeah. I think it's summed up really well. That's what I got from it as well. It's just, it's like taking a swing at something. Again, we talked about. I talked before, being surprised by what I'm seeing. Yeah. 
you don't know what to expect. You know, you literally don't know what's coming next, and because of that, it becomes just this. You're you're excited to see what comes next. Yeah. Yeah. I did think the ending got away from itself a little bit. Maybe they could have, you know, tightened it up and tied up a little bit closer. It felt it did kind of. It lost we itself. We were editing would have been tightened up a bit. Fucking perfect, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I thought it's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful film, and I'm just very intrigued to see what these two guys do next. Yeah, the Daniels, aren't they? They're called. Yeah, uh, Daniels. Yeah, that's that's who they're. I didn't know they directed that other film. Um, so I, I didn't. Yeah. Know what you told me. I think um, there are a couple of things to take away from it. One, I think it had that. Um, I think you summed up so well, Colin, when you said uh, it's a film that was made with love. Because you're yeah. watching it smiling all the way through, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You're just like drinking it in. You know? yeah. just like, this is like eye candy. All of it is keep and coming. It, and it had that kind <laughs> of like. Michel Gondry thing, I felt like at times, you know, but like warmer, you know, that kind of madcap energy to it where everything is, they're throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. You don't care like what sticks yeah. and what doesn't. Yeah. And it's almost screwball comedy at times. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, and how good, uh, I keep calling him fucking Gadget Short Round, it's not his name, I do apologise sir, I know you have a real name out there, but how, good is, how good is he martial arts and shit, is it, who knew, do you know what I mean, you're like, what the fuck? That's what he been doing for the last like 20 years. I didn't know that. He's, just, working on, like, he's not working on stuff like The Matrix, and he's working in like, um, Chinese cinema, and he's working in like, no Chinese idea. cinema. I, last time I seen him he was that high, and he was in the Goonies, and then suddenly yeah. he's fucking whipping shit about, and I'm like, yeah, no, apparently, got kind of, apparently got kind of blacklisted somehow um, by like Hollywood. Oh, I don't know what it was. But didn't people didn't like work with him? Not because he was bad, but just something maybe yeah. for whatever reason they wouldn't. He didn't get the work, and that's why he ended up going away back home and doing a lot of work there. Oh, I don't need to. Everybody knows about that and see yeah. what I can find out. But yeah, some really, yeah. some really interesting interviews like around about the film coming out about like sort of how he struggled like after. Oh, right. Probably after Goonies and things, like maybe after Indiana Jones about how. You know, he just struggled to get work and um, he'd get quite depressed and kind of sad, and that's why he kind of left to go. I think yeah, he worked. Was, like, I think he worked in like special effects, and then he worked in um, right. like martial arts and stuff to to keep himself. You know, uh, I wonder how much of that's the industry and it's fucking nonsense racism and stuff like that. Possible. That unfortunately seems like it. Did you see a picture of him in Indiana Jones? I didn't know. No. There's a picture of him, him and um, Harrison Ford at a con. I did. They didn't meet each other, they happened to be at the con together and they, someone got a picture of the two of them. Oh, wow, that's pure. Very heartwarming con. Oh, you, you'd oh. like it. But, um, yeah, so that, that's my number two film for, for two the film. year. Um, and I, I think it's one that I'll go back to again. I would, again. I would definitely rewatch it, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It holds, holds up so well. And Jamie Lee Curtis in that wig, she is Judy Murray. <laughs> She really energy tour wasn't her. I thought that as well. Yeah. She just she went for a web performance from her as well. Do you know what I mean? She was just like fuck it. You know this is she, she a lot of trust to be director at that point. Oh yeah, yeah you must read that script that. and think what the fuck is this? Aye. And you either just go for it or you don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody just was so committed. They were like yeah fuck it let's let's make this vision happen. And my you, God it did. In the wrong hands you can maybe you can be made to look very stupid. Oh yeah. Yes. yeah, and that's maybe you've got a real trust in director. Um, on from that, that was a number three film. Number two film for the three beers this year was Prey, which is on mm-hmm. Disney Plus, which is a prequel to Predator, mm-hmm. set in the sort of 1800s. Predator is getting faced down by like a Indian, I think she's Comanche possibly, um, warrior taking her on. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. Let's get to nostalgia again. This is nostalgic because we all know what the fucking predator yes. is. We all love the predator. 
but this is nostalgia done right. It's it's original. It's interesting. It doesn't just constantly play on rehashing the old film. No. It does something interesting with the premise. Are you saying premise. it wouldn't have been a better film if Arnie wouldn't have rocked in in the last five minutes and solved it all? No, it'd been terrible. It'd been absolutely terrible. <sighs> this is why it never be my top ten. You see? Yeah, yeah. Two, you kind of two references to it. Yeah. And that's all you needed. You didn't, even need, you didn't even really need them, but they were they worked within the film. Mm. But the actual film itself stood by itself as a cracking, like sort of monster movie. You can and watch it as a standalone thing. film with no context. Yeah. Predator. Yeah. Don't make, don't make yeah. it even better as if if the trailer didn't tell you the Predator film. See if you didn't know the Predator was in it. And you just went in, it. yeah, thinking, what is this? Let's check. That but then they, they need to, yeah, they need to get the audience. So they need to let. You need you to that's that what you need yeah. That would be incredible. Um, do, do you know why this never made my top ten? Um, dodgy bear. Did 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 both animals were dodgy? Did, I just thought the CGI at times was just like it just really took me right out that fucking frame I was in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I'm a dick. I'm a dick with this. Do um, the, the fire thing, CGI being kind of wonky and stuff like that. It just I was in with the film and then the bear popped up and I was like, oh no. Um, the bear, it, but, I won't lie, it wasn't the best CGI on the bear, yeah. but it, it, um, I was the, the cougar as well. Even the cougar was a bit. I was a bit like, no, um, it just takes you out. Where do you mean where you are? That wee bubble you've put yourself in, it just bursts and then you know, like really no, try and reset. That. Yeah, I get that when it happens. It's serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can happen mid thunder though? And what a name. Yeah. And Bad. loads of French people get killed, which is brilliant. Uh, it's always funny. Yeah, yeah it's always funny <laughs> when get killed. <laughs> Um, I thought I just was genuinely surprised. I was again, I think a surprise. I, I went watching a prequel to Predator, thinking, "What's this going to be?" Mm. It turns into an absolutely phenomenal, like great action film. You're just swept along with it for the ninety minutes it's on. Yeah, yeah. Should this have had a cinema release? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, fuck yeah! But legally, they can't put it in the cinema. Why? Someone at, like not Disney own the cinematic rights to it to any Predator film. So whoever, made, whoever made AVP, I don't know who what studio got that eventually, but any Predator from in the cinema, they have to approve it and they, and they get the box office for it. Where they put it straight on streaming, it can be a Disney-only product because all they're doing is copying the Predator idea. Yeah, so they're bypassing the whole big box office thing. Um, Basically, that's hmm. why. So they didn't have to split box office or get into sort of you know, red tape with, um, with um, another studio. That's basically where it all came from. Shame. Yeah, yeah open up, it opens up the idea of like Predator coming back every like sort of. It's always been back in the heat wave. That's the it's point. always in the heat waves it comes back. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you maybe want one like sort of like Predator fights like on a pirate ship or something like that, something mad like that. That'd be awesome. That would be great. Yeah, but then there's that whole overkill thing too much. As yeah, well. you have to. Yeah, yeah, Predators that's... of the Caribbean. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like from what I've said, like. Trachtenberg, who directed this one, he hasn't come out and said he wants to do another one. He's come out and said, I had an idea. This was the idea. If I have another idea, I'll come to the studio with it, but I'm not pursuing the idea. The same way, like, with, like, you've done 10 Cloverfield Lane as well. You're like, I mm. had an idea for a film. And this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now you'll walk away and I'll do something else. But if I have to come up with an idea for, say, another Predator film that's, or an alien film, whatever it happens to be, I'll pursue that, but I'm not going to openly... Be, not chasing it, yeah. I'd be, be holding to try to make it just because people want a sequel. It's like, no, you got one, enjoy the fuck out of it. I'm not guaranteeing I'm doing another one. I like that. That's yeah, I like um, favorite predator film of the, the full, the full lot. I'll be honest, Prey is 
chap at the door of beating Predator, to be honest with me. Ooh, controversial. Predator uh, still just nipping in front of it, but this is, Predator I think... Predator's just ahead, but yeah, I but think this is the second best Predator film, yeah. yeah. Oh, Predator for me is the yeah, original as well. Yeah. Predator 2 for the second one, but that's... Nah, Predator 2 might be third for me now, after this. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. yeah. It's as good as Predator 2 is, don't we? Yeah. Well, I watched it recently with, with Hunter, but yeah. yeah. Watched all three of them recently. Did they like yeah. them? Loved them, yeah, yeah, absolutely loved them, yeah. Predator's his favourite, though, still the first. But yeah. Loved, uh, yeah. See, I, I dug Predators in a big way. I really liked Predators. I like Predators a lot yeah, as well. Yeah. I was, I was sure, quite a big yeah. fan of Predators. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think us three are probably more forgiven than most than <laughs> the cooperative Predator films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then again, I, I will forgive nothing of AVP or AVP Requiem. Uh, I will allow nothing to pass over that. That was terrible. For another, a discussion for another time. Not yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right. And on to our number one film this year. It was a film that was voted number one by everyone apart from one person in the tally, and that is The Banshees of Inisherin, which is, I think, a worthy winner this year. And I think, for me, nothing really else came close to topping it for my number one this year. Uh, like, no, that, this was just... Yeah. What, what a movie. Um, what a freaking awesome film. Um, yeah. I've seen it three times now, and yeah. I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I watched it on... Disney in the last like couple of days and it holds up brilliantly. If anything, it gets better the more you watch yeah. it. Yeah, I think um, so. Faro is just if Faro doesn't win an Oscar for this, there's something he wrong. Has he, is, he has to. He's just so sad. The scene, uh, the scene where he's sitting on the the like the trailer after he's been punched by the policeman. Uh, it's just uh, so it's just gets you that uh, yeah, yeah, proper sucks yeah. That opening scene. But he's just so giddy and happy and stupid. He's so yeah. there's nothing behind yeah. the ears, but between the ears, but he's so innocent and lovely. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, yeah, he's like the village idiot almost. Do you know what I mean? but, um, well, he's, he's like basically one rung above the village idiot. And that's the thing. Yes. He's like that's the point. He's yeah. like yes. Yeah. But he's and so the, where, he, where he ends up in the film, you're like oh my god, like you've turned out a happy yeah. guy who has no sort of real cares. He's quite happy with his sort of quite mm. simple life into yeah. a broken man. Yeah, totally. It just wants revenge, and you're like, fucking so hell. many ways you could read it, isn't there? Like, it's so clever because you you think about it's a, as much a film about friendship as it is about depression. Yeah. Mm. Uh, about um, uh, loneliness, about uh, lack of purpose in life, about ego. Initial eleven. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. The madness of the yeah. civil war as well. Yes, I, just, yeah. I, used, I like you yesterday, but I'm not allowed to. I don't like you today. It's just yeah, that thing as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So clever. So but clever. I went, this was one where I'd, I'd seen the trailer and I knew the premise of the film was if you talk to me again, I'll cut a finger off. And that, that's yeah. when I had known what was that. And oh, just. I, didn't just, I, did, I deliberately didn't even watch a trailer because I knew I'm such a big McDonough fan. Mm-hmm. I didn't, so I didn't know that um, until the film. So that was such a big, big reveal. Because the first half an hour, I'm thinking, this is lovely. But yeah. it's really sad. But where's the plot what's gonna yeah. what's gonna kick this into gear very yeah it just felt so rich and layered and like a great novel yeah, yeah. but it's what, what i found was the the darkness in it it yeah. was so i mean when it brought you down I mean, uh, you, you'd be laughing one second and then just snap you're just boom yeah. you know lows you can get and then just no, back up the, again. Hard, the hard balance to find isn't it totally mm. 
Yeah. Like the Barry Keogh scene talking at the, the water with the, 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 the sister. That's, yeah. It's funny to begin with, eh, because he comes really sad. Yeah, mm. as it goes yeah. on in Berendi, you just you're like, oh my God, you know, it's like, so heartbreaking. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But it's just an amazing experience in cinema. I, I went to see it and immediately took Lorraine to see it. I was like, you must come and see this. And <laughs> she loved it as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, everyone that, that I've spoken to that, that has a love of film, I've said to them, you must must watch this film it's, it's a film i've recommended people like I, I want to recommend nope to people but i do feel that nope is a bit more it's it, it, you need it's to be certain for everyone is it yeah no. you know it's not but I, I feel everyone can appreciate Banshee. I, it's like it's a classic it's a true universal classic that mm. will appeal to anyone with any past yeah. interest in film <laughs> really it just it is yeah. unequivocally good like some things are just so good i can't even you know, some, some, like the Simpsons or the Beatles, like it's just, it's just, you know, it's good. Like, yeah. It's just, you know, yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, On that cause, have you watched um, Ambrosia? Have you tried to rewatch it? You know, no, you have I've, I've, I've no, I've tried to watch Ambrosia a few times, and just, I, I can't get past ten minutes. I'm like, no, and I don't, I don't know if I'm just in the wrong place all the time, but I, I keep meaning to revisit. You need to watch it now. That if you perfect time I, to watch it. I, I know, I know, and, and I will, but I have tried, and it just kind of. Can I rewatch it after watching this and just again just absolutely howling at it how good it was like how yeah. fantastic it was? I no, might do that this weekend actually. Yeah. Right. Okay. These are making me want to watch it now. Um, <laughs> yeah, watch so, it, so Definitely. But yeah, I, th- I think as the number one film, I think there couldn't have been another choice this year. Totally. Yeah, it's the only film this year that I think has matched any episode of The Bear for me in terms of sheer yeah. enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Which yeah. I still don't watch it. The Bear. Stop well. watching just, crap. Modern Family comedies and watch the bear. I've finished Modern Family now. Modern bear is like, every episode is like twenty five minutes and it's twenty five minutes of brilliance every episode. Perfect. I know I've, I've read reviews about it and, and I know I watched it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Well, some great needle drops in it. Very much You've said that before. I know. I will. I will get around to it eventually. Um, but yeah, but back to back to the film. Just before we round it off. Um, one really funny bit in it I found too, it was outstanding was uh, the bit where he's arguing with his house and he says that the definition of an idiot is five fingers or four yeah. fingers from five. that's probably that was just like boom <laughs> fucking hell how funny was that it's very funny. It was so so good um, just, just quickly I'm there not is, dancing my dog there is a uh, that was funny as well there is a death in the film at the end did was it a suicide or a death do you think what was your thoughts on it yeah do you think I took it as a death. I, t- I took it as a death. That's what I thought as well. But then Lorraine, Lorraine was the same as Stu. Lorraine was like, oh, yeah, he killed himself. And I, thought, I just I assumed that. that it was a case of he's got no. Which well, makes sense now in hindsight. They've got but, no out. There's nothing for young people. Yeah. But then at the time, I just fought the dad because the way it ends with him and his kind of arc, it just seems like, mm, that's a bit strange. I mean, but uh, I don't know. I do yeah. make sense. Just, you know, you yeah. can read it either way. It doesn't like, it doesn't like it's, it's the hopelessness yeah. of it. It could be either. It doesn't almost matter, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, but, yeah I was just curious about that because yeah. Lorraine had said to me, oh, he'd he done that. And I was like, did he? Do you know what? I hadn't, even, I hadn't thought about that as it being a death, actually. So that's interesting. And yeah, that does work as a death. I mean, I considered it, but I always assumed it was the, the father has done something to him. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I thought as well. Mm. Just because of what's happened previously in the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, I was just curious to say it wasn't for any person just to get the general consensus of what we're all thinking, but I'm still just as confused, so thanks. Yeah. <laughs> also, 
Banshees of Inisherin join the, the, the heady ranks of the Three Bears movie. Absolutely, and I do expect to see this getting an Oscar nod at least. I think oh, it'll get myself. Screenplay, I probably think screenplay, directing, and probably um, Farrow. I hope so. I hope all. He will make one for a supporting actor as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, yeah. No, listen. Keel, I think you, you really. It's. I mean, it is Farrow's film, but you could probably. I think if you're going to put a, a supporting actor on it, it's got a better chance of winning. I would probably go with Barry Keel over Barry Keel. over um, Big Man because Big Hamish because I think Keel's got the kind of most standout moments. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like it's, it's two or three scenes that really bring it home. Yeah. I think, I think uh, what's her name? What's her name? Con- Kelly Condor. Oh, yeah. My sister, she was out. She was incredible. Yeah. Again, as well, you got you got three or four key scenes that can just mm. really slam yeah. it home. Whereas if you think about it. Um, I forget his name now, but Gleason doesn't do that much in the film. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of like, he's there as a conduit of which everything... He's a conduit. He's, he's a straight man. Yeah. But he does everything. it so well, though. He's yeah. just solid. Everything's just, you know, he's that fucking ground that they need that everything oh. can just move around so well. Yeah. 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 But I hope it does win, win a few things. Uh, um, yeah. Sincerely hope so. Sincerely hope Next so. week, Colsey. Next week, we're back to our normal... Movie chats. Well, movies that you've seen and I've yet to see, probably. But yeah. Well, Glass <laughs> Onion, a Knives Out mystery, we've got that to talk about. Yes. Yep. We've got Avatar, that. The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not seen that is yet. That, is that filling the cinemas over in The Rock, Stu? Yes. Avatar? Yes. I'll be taking Hunter to it next week. Three, have they got 3D over there to see it in 3D? We do, but I hate 3D, but yes. Yeah. I'm the same. It doesn't work for me. I've got a dodgy eye. So yeah, I'm bl- I'm blind in one eye, so it doesn't really work. Yes, yeah, so I get like ten percent of normal yeah. humans, but you do get enough that you can see. I'm, is there? So I would. Weird, I have exactly the same thing. I get about yeah. 10%. Yeah. So you can if I do really quickly. Like <laughs> I can just. <laughs> no, I remember years ago taking my kid to see they done the Star Wars. Phantom Menace in 3D. Yeah. So I remember I took him to see it and we watched it in 3D and a bit of brand. I was like, how was that? And he was like, really good. I was like, did you see it all in 3D? And he was like, millions of it, Dad. And I'd seen like one thing coming out. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, how was the poetry? She was like, wow, Dad, at my face. I was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. nice. And we're also going to talk about White Noise on Netflix. White Noise as well, which is yeah, which I've watched tonight. So apparently, the most, apparently an unfilmable novel by Noah Bombach. Oh, so. by uh, Don, Don DeLeo. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. White, White Noise. White Noise is an incredible book. How the fuck have they turned that into a film? I... Oh, you you can watch it in Caesar and yeah. your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's what you can do. It's on Netflix, so is yeah, it? Get, get your, yeah, yeah. Bomb back and he's who's his wife again? It's um, Greta Gerwig. She's, Greta Gerwig's wife. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's good casting to be fair. And Don yeah. Cheadle's in there as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you put Don in your movie, you put Don in your movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people find us. You can find us at a number three beers in a movie. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on uh, Facebook, we're on Twitter as well, and we're on email as well. Thrwe beers in a movie. Um, I've still not had a fucking email yet, so somebody <laughs> email me, please. We don't get spam. We don't get anything. It's like no one most... emails call. No one emails. It's all but, totally but everyone gets spam. Why don't we get spam? Give me spam. <laughs> Even sign up for a few things to get spam first. Oh, for fuck's sake, don't we? email, just one person email. I've, I've even asked people, I've approached people and said email me and they won't do it. So That's I don't know what else to do. Exceptionally creepy. Exceptionally creepy. <laughs> Possibly, but um, 
you know, I'm, I'm selling this shit. I'm pimping it out as much as I can. Um, I've asked you, Mr. McFall, in several fucking episodes to email me, and you never do. I'm sure I did. Did I not? Well, oh, you did not, did so. You? What's the email address again? It's... <laughs> <laughs> Three beers beers in a movie at gmail.com. That is the email address. Um, Spam me, email me, just send me something. Let me know what works for fuck's sake. Send them up for some random stuff. That's what you should do. (laughs) I'll take that as well. I've been Colin. You've been Richard. And you've been Stu. And we have been Three Beers in a Movie.